Spotify, you're getting it today, Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021 at 3, 10 p.m. Eastern time. For all of those of you on YouTube, um, I can't post there because I have a week suspension for posting wrong think. And um, yeah, so unfortunately, the tech overlords have deemed that uh, I was naughty and I discussed wrong think and I should be ashamed of myself. And I think I'll shortly be reassigned to a gulag. But until then, let's fucking party it up. So introduce I- yourself, man. I'm David O'Neill. I've been focusing on China for over five years now um, since I had a very rude awakening. And I'd just like to say I I was so nervous that I was going to be the one that gets you like suspended or messes up your channel. So I am so happy that I can blame former CIA on that. It wasn't me. I I had nothing to do with it. I wasn't even here. Um, But that's essentially my background coming into this is I got my start in entertainment, uh, mainly working in Asia. Um, I was also planning to, you know, back when I was blackpilled, thinking it was either going to be like Hillary Clinton or a New York Democrat uh, taking over the country. Uh, I was I did my dive master in the Philippines and I was planning to just bail out of the country and go live in Southeast Asia. And just just, I was just going to go. Yeah. Yeah. That was my plan. But then I, you know, Trump won and I saw some people getting up and wanting to fight it. And so now I'm back home trying to get my family prepared uh, for everything that's happening. But for me, the, the big wake up called it. Uh, kind of threw me into the culture war while everyone else was still figuring out is I was in mainland China in 2015, uh, just outside of Macau uh, for what, what's called the uh, the China International Circus Festival. Okay. And when I was there, the, this whole thing was just like a, a case study on the corruption of communism. Um, they had hired, it was only the second year they were doing it. They had overhired a ton of acts. I was basically redundant personnel just confined to a hotel uh, for about a month. And uh, I was told from the managers there that, yeah, they're just overhiring people so that they could jack up the budget in the first few years. So later on, they cut it down and pocket the rest. And during my time there, this is when uh, President Xi Jinping was meeting with President Ma of Taiwan in Singapore. Uh, you know, first meeting uh, since like 1950. It was, you know, it was a really big deal. And I was sitting, you know, in my hotel room and I'm watching CNN, which is really the only two English channels I could watch is like CNN and MTV. Um, you know, during this whole speech and I'm, you know, just drinking scotch because I've got no work, nothing really to do. And uh, it was the most weird experience I'd ever seen in my life because every, every, Xi Jinping's talking, everything's fine. The camera cuts over to Ma of Taiwan. It doesn't even cut the commercial. The screen just goes black. You're not allowed to see it. Fuck. You are not allowed to see it. And when I turned on MTV, uh, they had, you know, some kind of video music award whatever the hell they have going on and it was it was like the censors were playing whack-a-mole with cleavage you know like trying to blur out all the cleavage and and like they were doing a really bad job at it too uh and you know we'd go and everything about this circus festivals they're just copy and paste in hotels from all over there's basically a copy and paste of the atlantis we'd go in to sit in and listen to these officials give a talk and you know it get translated through two or three different languages and you just hear these strange titles like this is the minister of countering like pornography and censorship you know just weird stuff like that and you know so at, at that point in time i was just like holy fucking shit yeah we cannot ever allow this to come back to the united states we cannot ever allow that to happen here yeah and uh, as soon as i came home it seemed like it was like that you know objects in the mirror are a lot closer than they Uh appear like i felt like i was getting chased home by this stuff creeping in yeah and so that that was kind of like my my big wake-up call to what we're now calling the culture war and that's why uh, i found you through don the pleb and it's one of the reasons i really 
like his uh, line, this isn't a conversation, it's a war. Yeah. Because that is very much what's going on. The people we're fighting are essentially, they're theater nerds with law degrees. They operate through post-truth politics and that they use is essentially their version of Takia, lying to the infidel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once they believe that, you know, you're in that club and whatever, they're, you know, they just believe because everyone's always been lying about politics, they can sell you whatever line they think will accomplish their goal. Yes. And that's the way that they operate now. And that's the kind of enemy that we're fighting now. It's, it's very easy, especially if you can convince yourself that the other side is, you know, it's like Dawn always shits on me because, you know, I'm always like, can't we agree to disagree? And he's like, dude, they don't look at you the same way. And so they don't. Whereas I'm they like, you know, my buddy Ernie that comes on, I'm like, hey, you know, Ernie, he's a Democrat. I'm a Republican. And I'm like, I agree. And Ernie is a respectful guy. But then you look at the other side and it's like they just bl carte blanche it's like you're a fucking nazi shut up and it's like well can i present my argument and it's shut up fascist and it's like oh you you've already reduced me to yeah. uh, to a nazi in your mind they have a formula a strategy and a game plan and they're simply executing mm -hmm. um you know and that's essentially when we're looking at the upper end of the foreign policy establishment that runs things and essentially the the green ngos you know i call them the watermelon communists because um, you'll meet these people that work for the Green Party. I, I know a politician, or I should say I did know him. He works for the Green Party in Australia. And, um, you know, I was an atheist back then, and I didn't believe in anything like demonic possession. But I remember we were talking one time, and he couldn't, he couldn't wrap his head around the fact that I, as a libertarian, enjoyed Rage Against the Machine music. And so he's, like, trying to sell me on communism because I like Rage Against the Machine. And the subject of the Constitution came up. And, I mean, he just started, like, foaming at the mouth. Like, he understood that the Constitution is the one thing in the world that is in between them and being able to knock over the concept of liberty. Yeah. And yeah, and getting into global domination. It's like he understood at that very moment that, the, that that's the one column they need to knock out from under us to, to get their goal. And, you know, I, it was this was before, like, you know, the whole culture war escalated, too. I want to say this was probably, you know, you know, 2012. We're just starting to see it kind of come out. You know, they weren't quite knives out for us right yet. It was back, you know, like, yeah, he's a Bernie bro. You know, he'll talk about, you know, why we should have socialized medicine. But they're not like, you know, red guards coming to kill you yet. Uh, but that was the first time I really saw these people like it will foam at the mouth when, you know, the actual hardcore, you know, radicals are out there that are fully of the mindset. The Kulaks deserve it. You know, yeah, if you oh, push these people, that's what they will say. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's I mean, I had that first brush in college. I mean, I graduated in 2013. That was the first time where, you know, I'd get pissed drunk. And I mean, I think I've been skewed because I have liberal friends who are, I guess, I guess are not they're not radical they really are just you and me and they just yeah, and i talk to them they're doctors they're lawyers and we could get drunk and talk but every once in a while i'd realize there'd be someone else at a party maybe someone's girlfriend or boyfriend and you know the conversation and, and finally you know it kind of concludes to be like hey man i think i think it's just agree to disagree like let's smoke to that you know and instead it would be like no and they would just start and you're like whoa 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 you're like what's what's going on and it's like shut up no and you're just like Oh whoa! There is nothing outside of this for you. Yeah. This is you truly. I mean, I guess you got to respect your enemy that their propaganda is that good. I mean, you know, how else are you going to go storm the beaches of Normandy? I mean, you have to truly believe that they're Nazis, and they were. But man, there's no agree to disagree. They're screaming, "Shut up, censor, censor, block him out. He is dangerous. Fuck you!" And it's just like, dude, there's no, there's no self awareness there. 
Yeah, but what we're talking about, you know, when we're talking about like our liberal friends and everything, you know, I, I like to call it the, the shadow of Woodstock. You know, these are just, you know, peace, love and dope kind of hippie types. And, you know, if you, if you really push them, you know, they'll kind of come back to the libertarian end of things. Not, yeah. not, not ANCAP, but like, you know, what yeah. used to be the libertarian end before, you know, we started playing all these word games. Um, but, you know, they have been wound tighter and tighter over the years because you have this, this group of green communists that understand fully how their messaging affects people. And that's essentially how the foreign policy establishment and our uh, senior executive service uh grooms the people that are going to be in the establishment because you know they're sending their kids off to university um you know it, it, you know i know you're well read up on a lot of i don't know if you're into like jim mars and stuff like mm -hmm. that but i know you're pretty sure. into Trillion into the, the you know that what we're dealing with is like it's iran contra the next generation it's always the next generation they keep it in the family for the most part and you know they have these kids they send them off they're getting you know international studies degrees and they go off and they do a gap year somewhere um working for ngos and whatnot and you know somehow the chinese will always end up paying an absurd amount of money for these kids to go around and, and and teach peasants in the third world how to you know use compost toilets and whatnot you know paying absurd prices for pvc and you know one of you know someone that's in charge of that operation has, has an uncle or someone in the state department and always it always kind of comes back to that and the way that they use this process to figure out who's going to be in the club is thucydides trap and this is how you know, they morally justify this in their head as well. Thucydides Trap says that if we have a rising power, power, which is China, and it challenges us, we're going to have a war. Mm -hmm. um, any international studies, you know, scholars just going to tell you that's most likely going to happen. And they believe in their mind that the only ethical and moral thing to do is to sell this country out and, and make sure that China can rise peacefully. Mm -hmm. So that's how, that is the, the mindset of the foreign policy elite of, of how they genuinely think that they are doing the right thing by selling this country out. And because of the, the fact that they're in what we call the senior executive service, um, you know, everyone likes to throw around this term deep state this, deep state that, you know, they are doing this. Listen, Christopher Ray over at the FBI, he's a drunk, okay? He probably has three cocktails before he shows up to work afternoon, right? We, we saw what he was doing then and we saw, see what he's doing now. He, he's never done anything. All the people that run this government, you know, um, you know, you ask the you know, a politician, something, they divert you to the press secretary. The press secretary says, I'll circle back. And when what they're circling to is if you open up what we call the plum book for, a, you know, the official United States uh, policy and supporting positions, I think is the official title. It's also called the plum book, very easily accessible. You get the whole list of all these policy experts, you know, theater nerds with law degrees that are the... Um, the, the blob, what Obama called the blob, you know, because he's coming in saying, you know, we can run on change and everything. And then he gets surrounded and all of a sudden his foreign policy looks like everyone else. And uh, going back to like a continuation of the what I call a continuation of the 30 years war, um, which was all about the centralization of the printing press. Um, you know, Martin Luther and all that stuff. You had the, the Jesuits, which was like the the Vatican Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and they would manage all these Habsburg princelings. They would raise them, educate them. And that's how they would essentially conduct their foreign policy to maintain hegemony and control over everyone else. And that's what we see happening here with the senior executive service, which is really a case study in elite capture. I mean, you know, we in the foreign policy community and the intelligence community, you hear them talk about elite capture all the time. 
well, just look at who runs all of our institutions and we never hear about them. The average person, I say senior executive service, they're like, what, what is that? They, my, they've never heard of it. My, but these are the guys, they all make six figures. They're unfireable. Um, and I'm not saying that there aren't like maybe two and a half of them that, you know, earned their place there at a meritorious service. Um, I don't know who they are. They might exist. But, you know, for the most part, these people are selected to gatekeep our elite um, foreign policy establishment and domestic policy establishment um, to facilitate the peaceful rise of China. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see them, you know, basically, you know, laying the Chinese into our power grid uh, and you know, every you know, like we've seen with Texas, they really hate the idea that we could have a decentralized power grid. I'd like to have Florida kind of hook up with Texas and form a Gulf Coast alliance, and you know, yeah. you know, peace out. Uh, you know, I call that my fortress for Florida policy. Um, you know, and the Chinese would hate that. And the reason that they're able to do this, uh, which is you know, led to my comment on Claire's video, is really that the gun to our head that they can justify. Well, we have to let this happen are things like the Club K missile system, um, you know, missiles uh, disguised as shipping containers because our, our military, you know, kind of has an outdated policy of mutually assured destruction. You know, we're still thinking that the nuclear trinity from Dr. Strangelove, mm-hmm. we got the bomber in the air, we got the subs down here, and, 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 and yeah, and, and the missiles in the silos. But when you have like low profile belt and road foreign policy, you know, they can really be putting these containers anywhere. They could be off the coast on a ship. They could be staged in the Caribbean. Um, you know, there's so many places that these things can be that, they, you know, this is a literal gun against our head. And our treasonous foreign policy elites are like, well, you know, what What, what else are we going to do? Um, now, now, do you think in... Um Two things. One, yeah, the uh, the senior executive service. Um, we'll circle back to we'll circle back to we'll circle back to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would like to think I'm pretty well read on like the Cold War and shit. But I remember when you told me that like a week ago, I was like, "Don't hate me," but I don't know what that is. So for everyone listening, we'll we'll get back to that. But on the side. Um, yeah, the Club K missile system, um, which is going to be a clear episode, I think, two weeks from tomorrow, is. It's it, it's it's mis- it's nuclear tipped cruise missiles in in containers that you can put it on all the ports. Now, do you think that do you think that there's an equivalent? Do you think that I don't? It's it's not that I deny that that exists. I think that absolutely exists, and I agree with you. I think we absolutely have a gun to our head. Do you think that we don't also have a gun to their head? Do you think maybe we have you know nuclear oh, weapons well, within mainland China ready well, to go I, I- off? If not that, I mean, definitely, you know, space, based. space, we- yeah, space, space, weapon platforms rod, can, can, can get, yeah, rod, uh, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I'm told the rods from God thing is a little outdated now, but yeah, yeah. Um, we, you know, we, we, we do have um, ways that we could counter that. But the question is, do we have a way to neutralize the ones in our backyard? The, the way I kind of um, look at our position right now and where we're playing catch up. I don't know if you're familiar with like the, the history of the Akula submarine, but um, I think it was like the, the was it, it was the Alan Walker or the John Walker spy ring. Essentially we had a spy ring um, that let the Russians know, Hey, the entire United States government has these hydrophone networks. We can hear your wheels captivating on the water. means they're moving so fast, they're making bubbles. And, you know, if, if you are a, a Russian admiral um, in charge of making sure that we have mutually assured destruction capabilities and nukes that the Americans don't know about, the last thing that you want to hear, um, that we hear you. is that we is that we could possibly know where all your submarines are. And so they went into overdrive, understanding that they were behind 
uh, in this fight. And so they ended up doing a lot of espionage, um, getting machines from Toshiba. Um, if you look back, there was a, a you know, I, I want to say there was like a congressman or whatever. It was like, you know, burning or smashing a Toshiba radio uh, when we found out that they had gotten, I guess, some tooling equipment from uh, Toshiba. But long story short is they managed to, to pump out the Akula class submarine way quicker than anyone in the United States intelligence community anticipated because they understood that they were behind the game. And if you go to the Center for Strategic and International Studies where they had, I think it was like the vice chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, on, and, and, the and the title of the thing was called like Missile Defense and Defeat or something like that. And listening to the whole thing, there's not a whole lot of valuable because he's just like, you know, I can't talk about classified you know, material, but what, what struck me about the whole thing is normally when you listen to military guys talk, it's like compartmentalize this, compartmentalize that, you know, uh, I know I know when you're talking about uh, the CIA, you, you like the, 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 this mansion has many rooms kind of thing, yeah. you know, what, what I thought was really interesting about that is I've never heard a military officer use the term holistic so much in my life. He kept throwing out the term holistic <laughs> and, and he kept, you know, emphasizing, you know, how, how do we deal with this? There's no lines and borders anymore. Like, how do we deal with that? And I was just like, well, I mean, a little late to the party, but I'm glad I'm glad they're getting there. You Not know, I'm, I'm really glad they're getting there. Do you think that so I, I love I want one of my guilty pleasures. Is I love reading about the strategic defense initiative. And the thing that really offset it was when Reagan visited NORAD for the first time and, the, you know, they're showing him you know, like how quickly we can just vaporize all the Soviet Union and he, you know, great, what's our defense? And they're like, well, nothing. Like, we have some bunkers and you'll be able to wait it out there. I mean, and so will your great, 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 great grandkids. But no, we can't actually stop them. It's all based on mutually assured destruction. And he was terrified at it. Not that he said that we can't actually stop them. Part of me almost gets a little bit of comfort from that. Because although the Chinese may have a gun to our head with the Club K missile system, it might be that we've always had guns to our head and we have guns to their head. And yes, there is nothing we can do to stop the Club K missile system in the same way that Reagan realized there's nothing we can do to stop a mutually assured destruction might be the pinnacle of like of global security. Yeah, it, it, well, it is. And there's there's no way to get around that. You know, my biggest fear is that we're no longer necessarily dealing with independent state actors, mm. you know, and that we're dealing more with a, a kind of dark coalition mm. um, that is attempting to leverage us. That's going beyond, uh, say, just the Chinese capabilities. Um, you know, this is why I, I talked about uh, very briefly. You know, the concept of, and this is why I think you should probably reach out and talk to George Webb because you know he goes back through all the history of this and what he calls these guys. You know, a lot of them white Russians with chips on their shoulders and like Ukrainian Azov uh, battalion guys. And, and when we talk about these Ukrainian Azov units, you know, we're talking about the fact that under the Obama administration, we straight up funded and supported, you know, full on Nazis. And I don't mean like the, the Antifa. Oh, you know, that guy likes the Constitution. He's a Nazi. I mean. You know, these these people, they believe the only thing Hitler did wrong is that he, you know, didn't finish the job. Okay, that, that That's the kind of, Jeez. you know, and, you know, and, and they're not, you know, in their defense. You know, these are Western Ukrainians that remember the hollow dome war and they really have it. You know, um, you know, you study what was going on during the Ukraine crisis, you know, before uh, things really, you know, kicked up. They were also passing like anti-Russian language discrimination laws. And of course, in Crimea, I forget if it's 20,000 or 30,000, uh, you know, military personnel they have already there. And they have families there. They have a naval tradition 
of being in this region and, and you know serving uh, the Russian state through the Navy there. And they were passing these anti-Russian discrimination laws. Like everything about the Ukraine crisis played right into Putin's hands. And, and a large part of that uh, comes from the fact that our, our think tank institutions, our, our Brookings Institute, uh, their little lawfare uh, section, which, by the way, if, if I opened, if I went into any foreign country and I opened an organization called Lawfare and I started like hiring former military officers that like took a swing at the president, like Vindman, um, and, and started having a bunch of lawyers figure out how we could dismantle the, the, the country, I'm pretty sure I would be put up against the wall and shot yeah. like anywhere else if I did that. But here it's all right if, if we go down that road. Yeah, no, you wouldn't be, no, they wouldn't give you the uh, the decency of the wall. You would just, yeah. you'd be done, but yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it seems, it seems, and we've talked about it more and more that there does seem to be this sort of, and not just the sense of oh the deep state, but really like there is this sort of hidden thing below the surface, and they're not loyal to a country. Even you know, I get caught up a lot in you know, you know, rah rah, fuck the commies, but I mean the even even I know when I actually you know get serious, the cop the quote-unquote commies they're just another front it is the, the the core of this whatever this group is the illuminati the cabal whatever is its power and power alone if they have to dance with the commie flag or they have to dance with the american flag we'll do it but there's an entrenched power structure and nothing's off the table yeah it's 100 percent, you know the doctrine of unrestricted warfare but the thing is i wouldn't even say that it is hidden you know, where, where I get most of my research is I go on to academia.edu and I read papers from what I like to call psychopaths with PhDs. And if, if you understand the language of academia and, and you understand that, you know, their their terms and terminology and how they would describe things is, is not what, you know, an average person would use. You know, you will see everything that these guys are doing. There, there was a project called uh, the Mexico Indigena Project. I'm, I'm butchering the name. It's got all kinds of accents and whatnot. But essentially, it was uh, it came out of the University of Kansas uh, with, you know, defense uh, spending and whatnot. And the goal was to essentially uh, to map agriculture farms in the human terrain of Mexico. Um, and so what we ended up seeing there, if you, if you read the language of some of these papers, what they'll they'll make, it almost sounds like they're they're fighting communism because they're talking about like neoliberalism and liberalism and, and the end of societal community farms and whatnot. But, you know, we know that they don't fight communism. We know that they're about, you know, mapping the human terrain so that they can control it. So if you go through and you read any of those papers and you just understand that, you know, when they say, liberal or neoliberal uh what they're really talking about is you know their technocratic regime and, and whatever that will one day look like if they have to paint you know the communist red over it they uh -huh. will if they have to paint anything else over it they will it doesn't matter to them but they're, they're not going after communists or you know society farming they're going after families and how to centralize those families and the reason we never heard about that project then is because they already have such leverage over um your paramilitary units that you would use to enforce that you know your cartels and whatnot and they're professional and you know you only hear about them when they decide to you know put garbage bags of bodies on someone's porch just to leave a message but now we're starting to see that same formula that they used in mexico you know you see that now happening in india credit uh, Greta got um, kind of hit for uh, you know leaking the activist toolkit and whatnot. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, you know 
yeah, if they, you're going to need to rile up some Antifa thugs and they're not going to be as effective as, say, a cartel, you know, hit squad. But guess what? If you get enough, you know, Antifa thugs to uh, think of it like a denial of service attack, if you can yeah. tax uh, the state security response to the point where they can't actually handle everything and then say I bring in a bunch of Ukrainian Azov guys or some guys that actually will, you know, chop dudes up and, and send a message. Well, you know, it doesn't matter if your teenage, you know, uh rabble are effective they they're just a distraction mm -hmm. and that's that's really the tool of uh how this operates and, and what they are doing to set up these distraction organizations so that they can move in other elements um to take advantage of that disruption can we man i can't now i can't like not think about it anytime i say circle back <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know, i'm like fuck they've they've ruined it they've ruined that and they ruined pizza can we can we uh I don't, I don't even know if that's a topic yet that we can't talk about because the episode I just did with a lawyer uh, 379 that one I won't be able to upload to YouTube this one I think we're good so far and it's but even now I pointed out to her I was like isn't it weird how you can already start to see where they hoped it would go in that their censorship now affects my own self-censorship but luckily i have rumble and bit shoot and I just say well, I'm just going to upload it to those and so we can still do the full episode but I'm, I'm rambling can we go to the, uh, the senior executive service? Yeah. Can um, we educate me on that? Because I love learning about all this shit, and that's something that I truly didn't know about. I mean, to really understand what they do and how they're effective, we have to think of it in terms of game theory. Mm -hmm. And essentially, the same way that you would look at, say, a whale going to a casino. You know, a whale mm -hmm. goes to a casino, they negotiate. The, you know, they, they, they can bend the rules a little bit to facilitate the outcome that they want. And that's really what the senior executive service is all about, is they are the ones writing policy. They are the ones, you know, that are advising um, clerks on writing policy. You know, they are the ones, in, you know, that are bringing these uh, politicians that have to circle back into these meetings and explaining to them what the greater good is. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but listen, we, we have to facilitate the peaceful rise of China or we're going to end up in a nuclear conflict and everyone's going to die. You know, the planet depends on, on you doing the right thing and, and you know we need you to go beyond saving your country and save the world and that's you know that's the way these people think it's not like the the there are don't get me wrong there are total sociopaths and psychopaths out there that know what they're doing and, and they're out there but the, the best asset that you can recruit is somebody that doesn't realize they're an asset because that yeah. person's going to pass a polygraph every time yeah yeah you know they're, you're never going to have a problem with that yeah so and and that's that's why the, the the watermelon communists the green communists are so perfect because you know you convince these you know you get these people in the you know concluded little cells you're moving them overseas they're building up camaraderie you know they're all about saving the planet and then at the same time you're feeding them well look at these people over here you know they're, they're you know they they hate the planet they're going to get us all killed um you know they, these people genuinely believe that the world's going to end you know you're creating essentially death cults out of these organizations yeah. and then you're shoveling them into into policy positions and so it, it you know it's pretty self-explanatory when a crisis happens and all of a sudden our power grid is completely compromised by a bunch of you know of clowns and malicious actors who are like you know i'm sorry that you know the windmills aren't enough to power the state of texas you know um how dare you 
want to depend on fossil fuels though you know grant you know grandma she's breathing out carbon you know she doesn't need to you know heat you know we'd be better off without her honestly and that's the way these people think at the at the most disgusting level that is their mindset yeah and I, there's there's like another there's a good quote you know the most dangerous man the man the most dangerous man is the man who knows he's right and it's not that the the man who is right the path the man, to hell it's that the man who knows it's whether or not that that he truthfully knows but he knows he's doing it for the greater good he knows he's doing it that's the person that man it's one thing if you're just doing a job you're just conscripted and you're you know you're a mercenary it's another thing if you're a radical and you truly yeah. believe what you're doing because it's it's again it's kind of like the polygraph ish it's it's you believe in your heart what you're doing is right now with with uh how do you say it? the Thucydides, Thucydides, Thucydides trap. Thucydides. Yeah, so, I know, yeah, I know what it is. I, I just can't pronounce it because I'm a retard. But like the Thucydides trap. Now, do you think? Let's just let's just play devil's advocate. <clears throat> do you think that the allowing the peaceful? Well, because it's weird. Because I didn't know this, but Nanny Jacobson's book DARPA, The Pentagon's Brain, which is very good. And I know not everybody likes Nanny Jacobson. I like her, but um, she's got a sexy voice. But her book DARPA, The Pentagon's Brain. They talk about I didn't know this, but right after World War II, for like two or three years after, because um, who is it? Um, Who's the head of the KGB that really pushed forward the atomic bomb test? Not important, but we thought about there was actually open discussion first, you know, within the military, but then publicly about uh, nuking the Soviet Union before they could get the nuke, because the idea was is there will never be. Uh, a power dominance like there is in the world right in right now now being 1945 46 47 48 up until 49 when uh when they um fuck i'm having a brain fart when the soviets detonated joe one their first fission bomb they debated the united states debated should we just go in and nuke the soviets so preemptive that, threat reduction yeah and then anytime anyone ever tries to even start building a nuke we'll nuke them and then the idea was is, hey we have to we have to decide whether or not we're going to do this because once they get it this this led this leg up is never going to exist again the soviets detonated their bomb years before we thought they would we picked it up with a sniffer plane off the coast of alaska and all of a sudden that option was gone now there was no fear of a Thucydides trap about what about the Soviets? We need to squash them. No, that was an American. That was America being, you know, maybe I'm brainwashed, but that was America not being evil. If the Chinese get ahead of us, they're not going to be worried about the peaceful rise of America. They're going to squash. So what? Yeah, they're, they're now. Do you think they're 100 percent so, realists? So now. So I say all of that to say this. Is it on one hand that we have treasonous uh, treasonous assets in our government and senior executive service that are loyal to China and they're playing the card of we need to avoid global war? Which okay, I'll I'll take that as like a you know that's the best case optimist. You know they believe in what they're doing. Well, the- well, next best case is are they not Chinese assets? Is this really? the bleeding edge of like war games and the pentagon you know in the bunker under the pentagon where they're realizing we have to have an equal rise of china and that's the best outcome i mean let's just let's just go really full doe-eyed optimist could it be that this is the best thing for america is to let china rise to a superpower and then we see them eye to eye and then we just basically have cold war ii um, you know, I, I don't think that that's a, a really effective way to view things. You know, I was watching uh, my foreign policy daddy, John Mearsheimer. He was a 
I guess I, I guess you could say it was like kind of like a debate, but it, it was a conference or whatever. I guess it was intended for a bunch of like Navy midshipmen. And um, sitting next to him was basically a colleague of his that kind of comes from the, the um, Francis Fukuyama uh, neoliberal mindset. And I, I thought it was really hilarious watching John just straight up say, you know, you guys bet wrong. You know, you guys thought that the policy of engagement was with China was going to open them up and that we were going to all have peace, love and dope. And, and you guys bet wrong. And the, the look of fear on this man's face like this wasn't he like he wasn't defensive about it. You know, he wasn't angry about it. You could genuinely tell that this guy was deeply troubled over like his optimism versus of how he thought this was going to go with China with where we're at now. And I've seen numerous of these um, very old school diplomats going before think tanks and talking about the the policy of engagement and you can tell their voice is shaking like they, they are genuinely troubled um by their approach uh with china i think the the only way that we can really have a peaceful you know even a peaceful more conventional security competition with china um is through the destruction of the chinese communist party there, there's no other way about that yeah. um because as long as that's there you know that that's the that's the training camp that, you know, all the, you know, like you say, radicals going somewhere else to train somewhere. Well, that's where that's all that. of our elites, the Kissinger school of thought, that's where they can go to their Plato Republic. And they have a black box base of operations to test anything out that they mm -hmm. want to bring home and use on us. And, and that's what we're seeing now. Yeah, man, he's, I mean, and I'm wearing it now, my, my Alex Jones hoodie. It's uh, everyone. <laughs> I, I, you can't see it, but there's an Infowars sticker on, on my mic. Um, you know, yeah, he he uh, he. Uh, my favorite quote of his was, I think, the second, I think his second time on Joe Rogan, fourteen fifty episode fourteen fifty five, I think. But I remember one line he said that stuck out for me, and it wasn't like the you know the vampire pot belly goblins, but it was that it was that China is just a it's like a sandbox for the elites. They go there, and it's their it's their system big enough, one point three billion. It has one point three billion variables, so the system mm -hmm. is big enough and diverse enough that you can start to get some accurate outcomes. It's like a simulator, so they yes, go there and they is. they run the simulation. They go, what would happen? You know, what would happen? And they're running the simulation there, and it's but if that's the case. So this is this is where I guess my mind comes to kind of a, a crossroads because let's say they it's let's say they, they don't want necessarily a peaceful rise of China they want China to surpass the U.S. and then they can jump ship go to China and be part of the dominant team so let's say that is the end game is they want to be on the elite dominant team the breakaway civilization yeah. yes wouldn't it be couldn't they cut out the middle ground and just take over why wouldn't they just why, if they're in first place in the United States, why allow China to go from second to first and then jump on board first? Why not take the place that's already first? Why well, would they not just dominate from there? Or is it because we're based on an open society and they know the way to rule a world is you got to go full communist Chinese Communist yeah, Party? Yeah, they, they understand that the only way that they can do this is to basically use China as a hub to retake the West from. When I say the West, I don't just mean the U.S. You know, they want the EU. They want to take you know take out Britain along with them, where our um, our liberal ideals came from, the Magna Carta and all that. And, and that's essentially what it goes back to. Um, you know, I met. I know I sent you some documents on mm -hmm. this going back to like the, the 17th century mm -hmm. um, of Jesuits. Um, you know, this is when the, um, you know, right now the, 
the world financial powers are kind of split between Wall Street, New York, and the city of London. Mm-hmm. Um, and back at this period of time, it was Amsterdam. It wasn't mm-hmm. quite moved over. To, you know, we're, we're, we're still kind of in the 30 years war and the, um, the uh, Anglo-Dutch wars and whatnot that would kind of facilitate that uh, William and the House of Orange. But what was really important back then is these Jesuits, as they're going to China, mapping everything out. And that's what the, the Jesuits really did. That's why I call them the original geospatial intelligence agency, because if you study the history <laughs> of map making, it's all about make, you know, these guys were all their soldiers trained as spies pretending to be priests. Yeah. And they're going into Brilliant. countries Brilliant. and they're learning the language. They're learning how to work with these tribes. They're learning how to subvert these tribes. And they're they're mapping all the territory. You know, they're the original intelligence community. Really? And you can see what they're writing about you know back to you know the dutch merchants you know and the, and the elites of amsterdam you know which came from venice before it was in amsterdam it was in venice um and they're talking you know very plainly that the chinese system would be the easiest adapted um to a, a plato style republic and so that has kind of always been the goal of you know, I would call it more or less the, the old school blue blood aristocracy and old money is they've always understood that as America's breaking away, they didn't have the security forces to lock down the American continent. They knew that they were going to lose that. And so the question is, how do we get that back? And, um, you know, there's also a lot of history of how the Jesuits were involved in our American Civil War. Um, you know, very interested in how can they divide and conquer us and eventually get us back under the, the thumb of uh, the hegemonic power structure. And so this, this has been a, a plan a long time coming. It, it okay. has just been basically taped off the bookshelf from guys like Kissinger and said, OK, this is the this is what we're going to flesh out. and We're going to execute this strategy. Okay, it's starting. Okay, I'm starting to piece it together now. Okay, yeah, America, it took off. It got bigger than they could control, and it was kind of a. They started as a bonfire, and it turned. How do we get it back? They went fuck. It turned into a forest fire. So they did the next best thing. They came over here, took it over from within. You could say you could see the single superpower. You know the the 50s, 60s, really like glory days. Strategic Air Command, nuclear bunkers, Chrome Dome. We're running the world. And now they're going okay, but now okay, now we've now we've we've taken control of this forest fire, but now we need to steal this. How do we well, do this? We I would say even China. further back than that. You know, really, they they were trying to capture us. Uh, Nineteen thirteen, the Federal Reserve. Absolutely. Once they, you know, once they realized that, you know, hey, what's the best way that we could utilize? You know, the, this bonfire that we have, well, let's turn them into a mercenary force, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to win Smedley, our wars. Smedley and, Butler, baby. Yeah, Smedley Butler and all that. And if you look at what they're doing to our military now, it's a mercenary pipeline. Absolutely. Okay? It's, it's entirely incentivized to get you in to build a resume that you could be a mercenary at. And then they want to put you in lipstick and high heels or, or whatever. Yeah. And, they, and and it's like, well, you could be making six figures if you were in the private sector. So it's almost like they're discouraging us from having our own security forces. Yeah. And they're purely incentivizing creating a mercenary force which you know to to an extent i somewhat agree with you know whether you love guys like eric prince or, or hate him you know when that's you look at works. it yeah that's how the world works you know before the 17th century military revolution which came along with the 30 years war it was 100 private military contractors yeah. and organizations and really when you look at it now you know we call it the five eyes but we really yeah. if we know, we know if anything goes through the five eyes it's going to be well israel china da, 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 you know and through all that it's going to be everyone else so you know anything that goes through them is compromised and gone already you know there's too many leaks in that ship mm-hmm. so the, really the only guys 
guys who are capable of executing um, a solid foreign policy are private military, you know, organizations that can operate outside of that chain of command. And that's why we see, um, you know, if you look at what Eric Prince was doing with Frontier Services Group, you know, he's either the, the master of keep your friends close and your enemies closer, or he's the wildest mercenary the world has ever seen, because this company was part, I don't know how this worked, but he this company was part Chinese owned when he was running it, okay? And he's getting all kinds of, you know, mercenaries, defense contractors, contractors and they're running FC. through Africa, they're running through Venezuela, they're, you know, they're they're basically joint at the hip, and, and to an extent, it's kind of a smart idea because if you ask me what's the best way to take down china well yeah yeah how do you control them well the best way to 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 set them up to fail would be to lead these guys into the middle of africa have them build a bunch of infrastructure and then peace out have you know defend it yourself you know yeah i see yeah yeah i mean there's some brilliance in that man and it's like what comstock said he said when you get to the uppermost echelons he said it's a foggy forest of mirrors because i remember i asked him i was like man cia special activities division that's that's the tip of the spear right and he was like yeah i remember when i got into delta and i was like this is the most elite thing he's like and you hear like whispers of cia sad then you know they they recruit from devgrew and delta and i remember i asked him this past summer i was like dale i was like what's above it what's above cia sad it's just like come on dale i had known dale for like two months at that point but uh that's the problem because they whatever that is they changed the name probably twice a week. there's no yeah there's no real yeah there's no name right there's no by the time you figured it out it's gone yeah they're spray painting new numbers on those planes every day probably. yeah 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 and i remember i asked him and he said mercenary work and i was like yeah and, I, and that was kind of a, that was kind of a lackluster response because i was like what like mercenary and i remember he he called me and he goes mercenary work he goes not Blackwater. He goes, none of that pussy shit. And I was like, man, if you call Blackwater pussy, what could, Dale's an animal. <laughs> but he goes, he goes, it's mercenary work. He goes, it's, he goes, your clients are other nations. And I was like, what? And he goes, he goes, the shit I used to do for mer- and He's going to write a book on it. I've, obviously, literally everything has changed about it. But he was like, he was like the shit you would. He's like, you know, he's like Delta. You go into an operation. You know, you go on a, a you know a, a blacked out C one thirty, and then one sixtieth SOAR takes you in. He's like CIA SAD. He's like, you know, they insert you, you know, in, as a front. You're, you know, you go over there with like Walmart or something, right? And it's like you're a spy. He was like mercenary work. He's like, man, you you pack your bags from your own home. You go to the airport. They fly you over to Heathrow, and then you take a connecting flight to. Paris and on Paris you get on some little puddle jumper you go somewhere else you get off and you go buy some clothes out in some small town and then you go get on a bus and a bus takes you out to a helicopter in a hill that helicopter takes you out to somewhere the you know or in somewhere in the Middle East you you get off there you they give you you know you get you know you you're met and there's a dead drop of like cash you go to the black market you buy the gun and the robes there he goes there is zero footprint he goes it's true james bond shit and i remember thinking i was like holy fuck and he was like he's like if it's delta and dev grew he was like that's not the tip because that still has america on it he was like mercy he's like solo mercenary work is is the absolute he's like that is the blackest of the black ops but 
But so then it comes down, you, like you said, it's wasn't that line from was the the movie Cesario, uh, Sicario, the movie all that, Yeah, but they just I know there's the great scene where they're at the that, border. I've never watched the whole movie. I've just watched oh, the clips on YouTube. The, by the way, the ending, uh, one of my favorite. Oh, endings he of, that of, kills um, the family. Yeah, I, I love like, the I, I love the breakdown of that scene, and someone's like, "It's brilliant." Because notice, kills the mother first, then kills the kids, because no mother should have to watch her kids die. And I was like, "That is smart." And then you wait and let the husband kind of watch it. But point is... Finish your meal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And finish your meal. <laughs> but, like, keep eating. But, like, at the very end... Or there's a line in it. Maybe it's in the second one. I don't know. I've never watched the full movie. But there's a line in it. And they're talking about, like, all the cartels warring. And uh, so there's, like, a... Th- someone finds out a thread. And they're like, what's this CIA doing here? And, uh, and someone says... And they're like... Uh, like, don't you understand that, like, the best case scenario is when all the cartels are, are working together because it's much easier to keep one organization under your thumb than a bunch. And it's like, that's a dirty, brutal answer. But in mm-hmm. the world of realism, in the worlds of James Jesus Angleton, they look at it as how the world is. They're not optimist retards like I am. So if we're looking at something like China and we're like, they have a Club K missile system to our head and we've got, we've probably got some fucking, yeah, rods of God, that's old school. We've got some directed energy bullshit. I think Elon Musk, Starlink, if you don't think that's a Trojan horse for the Space Force, I mean, hey, Elon's going to be dropping cars on people. Elon's right, going to so. be dropping cars. Doesn't matter. They're still coming in at terminal velocity. But I mean, hey, it'll work. It'll work. But I was thinking, man, I was like, I was like, I bet if you get into the uppermost echelons, they come in and they're like, Agent Musk. And, you know, it's like, because what does he have? He has a link of satellites around the globe. Don't try to tell me that's not a weapon system. Fuck you. But not not you in particular. I mean, like, you know, know. but like, no, you in particular. And you're like, Tommy, I never said anything about Starlink. And I'm like, no. But um, foaming at the math about Starlink the same way that guy was foaming about the Constitution. But if you wanted to control your enemy, instead of just trying to kind of go the whole cold war route where it's like you know we will meet them on every front it's like that sounds great and all but what's the more realistic way fuck is he gets a mercenary company you go hey china do you want to go do some belt and road initiative and china's all like ching ching tong and then they're like well that now i'm gonna get banned but like you do that but then you just control the mercenary group hey did you disappear man oh no you're back i think you're back you're freezing up david i think david's freezing up on me David, sorry for everybody listening. I don't know what the fuck just happened. David? David, you still there? Oh, I think we're back. Yeah, what happened? Was that me or you? Uh, no, I think that was me. It says my internet connection okay, was okay, unstable yeah. in there for a moment. Okay, sorry. But no, the the way you, I realized you were you were still and I was like, I don't know if I'm just talking a lot or if he's actually brought a real. I'll, I'll, I'll just move my head a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, kind of uh, bob and weave. But yeah, how would how would you keep China under wraps, right? You would, so so the the true genius of this, um, because if you if you lead China into a place like Africa and you provide the security and you allow them to build a bunch of infrastructure and then you pull that that security rug out from under them, and they, they have, have to have defend to themselves. Spread What's, thin. The, the true genius about that is if you understand Asian culture and how important the concept of saving face is mm-hmm. in, in Asian culture, the idea, you know, <gasps> if, you're deal, yeah, if you're dealing with a counterinsurgency situation, you have to accept that you know, even if you do everything right, eventually some farmer is going to make a fool out of you. 
All right. It's just going to happen. Some farmer in pajamas is going to do it. And as soon as that happens, I mean, you know, from an American perspective, it's like, all right, you know, that sucked. Um, You know, on to, you know, on to the next one. On to the next war. But if you are a a Chinese officer, per se, and that situation happens to you and you have to save face from that, that is like that. You know, it's like a glass military for them. They would never want to put their uh, their own individuals in that position to even risk that. And if they do, they're going to want to keep it real quiet. And that's why, like, when we see, um, you know, currently the conflict zone that's really escalating. I've been following this area. I was actually I was planning to go on a little scuba vacation there uh, right before COVID hit, and it completely ruined all my plans. I had all the little journalists I wanted to interview and everything all all planned out. Um, but I wanted to go to Mozambique because right now what we're seeing in uh, northern Mozambique, Cabo Delgado region, there's a massive escalating insurgency. And part of the reason is they found a, a massive amount of natural gas that they can get out of there. Our Exxon is the one that uh, basically the majority of that contract there. And if you know the history of Mozambique, it's nonstop civil war. The the the, the government is far from centralized. There's no centralized military. There's militias around in these local areas. A lot of them don't even speak the same language. I remember I was looking at like a language map and it's just like, you know, if you had to recruit interpreters or anything to actually try to talk to these people or whatnot, it would just be insane because none of them really do speak the same language. Even if you got some guy that speaks, you know, Portuguese really well and then the African dialect and all that, you're still going to be, a, a, you know, a huge issue. And so the government with, you know, the centralized governments based out of far south and Cabo Delgado is in the far north and so they're seeing all these you know uh, essentially uh, foreign contractors getting rich they don't feel like they're getting the kind of development in their community that they need that some of them are getting the place from this and um, I want to say that it's probably Qatar that, that's providing some of the funding and everything because we're seeing you know radical clerics come down from Somalia and, and start to kind of create this al-shabaab isis hybrid fusion thing whatever they want to call it but you know we're seeing all kinds of things there were russian mercenary uh, units that were originally trying to put it down um you know media will say that they're wagner but as far as i'm aware uh wagner as an institution they're persona non grata and all the good ones got put into groups like patriot and some of the higher uh tier russian pmcs and you know whoever's left from the wagner days is kind of you know they good luck to them um you know they're not uh in high demand anymore but they got their um they really got their snout smacked and uh trying to handle the situation in mozambique and now we're starting to see like chinese vehicles popping up there saw an mrap pop up there with the uh, rpg rounds stuck up but you know it didn't explode just stuck right in the side at the top of like the mrap That's always good um so yeah it's it's a really uh quickly developing conflict zone in mozambique and and you know which traditionally is a heroin economy um was like you know your your black tar and you know stuff coming out of afghanistan uh through pakistan the guadar area of uh, blochistan specifically um and they would run these things down on 60 foot dows very small um, amounts at a time you know not too many eggs in one basket and mozambique was essentially like the amazon warehouse where all the decentralized packages are put back together and then they would move it over to uh south africa where essentially chinese banking and everything would deal with you know putting industrial side payloads um onto shipping containers and i don't know if they're if they're going to the u i know they were trying to go to the u.s didn't quite work out yet but was mainly into the, the mainland europe supply and that was the way it was done before but now we see all these um chinese fishing fleets 
that show up and everything. And so they facilitate, and, and when I say fishing fleets, I mean, they get around fishing laws by never going into dock. They have resupply and everything at sea. And so they show up and they can run fentanyl at a much higher rate than your, you know, your old uh, Afghan black tar. Yeah. And in the Dow, um, you know, eight or so many of them, it's a lot harder to intercept. And if you do, you're dealing with potentially an incident with China. Uh, and on top of that, they're facilitating all kinds of other black market uh, trade going on there. For example, uh, I know the wood, the wood trade, they're cutting down a lot of trees and, and facilitating the wood trade. So they can be coming over moving uh, fentanyl or other things in uh, cheap booze. I know North Koreans, they like to piggyback off of what the Chinese are doing and they'll be filling up little Smirnoff bottles with, you know, um, homemade hooch or whatever and trying to pass that, you know, but, it, you know, they'll be coming in offloading, you know, heroin and taking back wood or something like that. And, you know, you see, and that's really how we see uh, Chinese diplomacy nowadays. And, and that goes into where we see in the Caribbean, how they're moving in there. They have a much lower profile. You know, when we look at Gwadar, Blochistan slash Pakistan, you know, we can see they're building a Chinese colony there. You can see that from, you know, there's papers on it. It's, you can see it from the satellites. Um, you know, we, you know, when they're building in Africa, we can see all the infrastructure and whatnot. But as they're moving into the Caribbean, um, what we end up seeing there is they don't, you know, they don't need to build roads. They don't need to build all this big infrastructure and they get by more off of clout than cash because we don't really have a good foreign policy on you know the caribbean and you know just the fact that xi jinping will call up a lot of the people that run these little countries and, and we'll talk to them one-on-one -on -one, you know it's it just puts in a lot more legwork and they're just happy to to hear from somebody to be on the and, world stage yeah to be on the world stage and what indir indirectly ends up happening we won't really or i should say the united states won't really pick up on it until they decide to do a deal and, and build some big mega port down there but what's happening right now is as they're buddying up to all these little islands and everything and giving them a taste of the world stage and, and a little bit more to first class treatment they're creating a competitive environment where now all these little islands are trying to compete well how can we be the ones to get the super port how can we get the chinese super port and that game's already happening as we speak you know and that's that's why we we need to be a lot more proactive about monitoring you know chinese belt and road options because most of the time we don't really talk about or even notice it until they've already built yeah. something massive now okay now let, let let let's go even deeper it's the game plan let china go through with their belt and road initiative and then force them to either have to to spread okay actually okay maybe it's kind of fucking coming together China's doing their Belt and Road Initiative, and they're using Eric Prince in their uh, and Blackwater, whatever the fuck his name now, XE or even who knows what the fuck it is. I, I don't know because he sold out of his position in the frontier. So when, when Hong Kong mercenary cracking down, yeah, when, when when Hong Kong got as far as I'm aware of how how this worked out, when Hong Kong um, was getting the screws tightened, so to speak, he basically he pulled everything out of there. And as far as I'm, you know, they closed up shop of what Frontier Services Group is. Um, and, and, but it doesn't really matter because Eric Prince has so, you know, the people that work for Eric Prince, they don't care what name is on the for, paperwork or the plane. They Eric work Prince. for Eric Prince. So yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, as long yeah. as as long as he has some kind of foreign royalty to uh, to home base out of, he's you know yeah it's 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 a shell game. It doesn't fucking matter. yeah it does it doesn't matter what names on the paperwork. It's it's a nomenclature game. Yeah. So so whatever we'll just call it mercenary in court. We'll just call it Blackwater for the sake of 
of no because i don't want that to get fucked well i i go listen i go back to the saint augustinian thought which i just think all government it doesn't matter what window dressing what you want to put up on it is comprised of pimps mercenaries and whores these are the oldest professions on the planet they're never going anywhere they're always going to be here and anytime we try to pretend that the world is not run by these three elements is when we're convinced the devil doesn't exist and the pimps will uh, start selling us out and start acting in ways that are not in our national interest. Yeah, right. And so that's why we have to learn. That's why I always say, like, we need to stop using the term deep state and we need to start opening up the plumb book and saying, hey, who's the senior executive that is in charge of writing these policies? Like, who's on that team? Because these guys, you have to think of them like like general flag officers. You know, when you see any of these guys in that book, you have to understand they have a whole command under them. Yeah. Uh, you know, essentially, uh, you know, I call it the lawfare and baratry regiments. So, for for the record, I'm not suicidal. Um, <laughs> just in case, uh, I me either. I'm a, listen. I'm a narcissist, and um, it, you know, I if I'm backed into a corner, I'd like to think I'm going down um, in a fight. So, like, I, I have no intention of shooting myself in the back of the head twice or yeah, three times or yeah. however many. Yeah, yeah. I see. I this is what I tell people as, as I lost a sibling to suicide in 2014. Of my parents can't go through that again, so I, I I truly can't be suicidal. So if I'm killed, it's a senior executive service. But that's one of them. Yeah, right. I'm, that's what I'm going to fucking hire Dale and Ted Ida <laughs> to do. They're going to be like, Tommy, where are you broadcasting from? And I'll be like, who knows? I'll be using VPNs behind VPNs behind VPNs. But however, let's just we'll call it Eric. Whatever, Eric Prince doesn't matter. Man, one guy. Yeah, you know, how, so, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. I was, I was just thinking of this now. So what do you do? You have China with all this trillions of dollars and whether or not it's not inflated or manipulated or whatever. They're willing to do the Belt and Road Initiative. We know what that's all about. It's about providing ports. It's about providing all these services, infrastructure, apartments, modern amenities to third world nations. And then when they can't pay for it, you go, hey, don't worry about it, but just let us come in and build a port here. And next thing you know, China's putting ports all over the world. Eventually, they're probably going to try to get up to Cuba. We're going to have a Cuban Missile Crisis Part 2. However... Well, we're already kind of there. We're just, with the it's just so low. Well, yeah, and it's already... So, the problem is because they haven't built a super port or anything we're you know the elites of our foreign policy establishment are kind of blind to it because we don't really engage with the caribbean the same way we engage with people that we consider are strategically relevant and so we're not really monitoring it on the same level that we're saying we're monitoring um what we do consider strategically relevant and that's the biggest problem is you know the, the only people that are really working in these areas are your watermelon green ngo types and and they're not on our side. Yeah. So, but let's th- let's think. So let's say China's doing this whole thing and they're building all this very expensive shit. What if this is, what if this is a very, what if this is um, the moon shot part two? Whether or not, I think we went to the moon. We had a, I had a guy on that went to the moon. Some people don't like that. Whatever. Let's say, let's say it's unimportant whether or not we went to the moon. What did it actually do? It bankrupted the Soviets. A lot of other things did t- too, so did Reagan's space race. But let's just say the main goal of the moon was to bankrupt the Soviets, right? It's not a nuke. It's not a new aircraft carrier. It's the most brilliantly con- uh, concocted thing. They had. They tried to go to the moon, and they couldn't afford it. What if what we're doing is we're getting China, they're going the only way unrestricted warfare, they're looking at the warring states period, and they're like, the only way we can take on an American hegemon is by doing the Belt and Road Initiative, spending like, what, $3 trillion over 20 years to do it. What if we know that's happening, right? China builds it all. We know that, they, back to what you said, they don't want to put their glass military out there. So we put out, again, 
uh, mercenaries, kind of like what uh, Eric Weinstein said the other day on Lex Friedman. He was like, a lot of people, like myself included, are given hundreds of thousands of followers on uh, social media, and they're all bots, so that the powers that be or whoever can, can pull them away whenever they want. So it makes it look like, you know, it's kind of like deactivating, like Old we're seeing, from under, we're seeing yeah. Cuomo, right? Cuomo is being deactivated right now, yes, right? So I love watching him it's, implode, it's, by it's, the way. It's, it's <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. But let's, so let's go with this. We provide through whatever, Eric Prince, under the notion of I'm not working with America, I'm a private corporation. China's like, we've got the money. So they're like, hey, we'll just have Eric Prince and co. defend all of our Belt and Road initiatives. We're going to drop two, three trillion dollars, but it's going to be worth it. Little do they know, in 2038, whatever, all of a sudden we pull the mercenaries, and now they've got trillions of dollars of infrastructure that they either have to defend and spread their military thin, or they're not going to defend, and now they've just lost trillions of dollars. Is this just a long con, beautiful chess move? It's Yeah, it's it's all about luring the enemy to overextend and catching that hyperextension. You know, have you ever done martial arts or anything like that? If you can get the hyperextension in the elbow, you know, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get them to overreach with that whole thing. My argument, though, is money is almost completely irrelevant at this point. You know, the the idea that we're thinking about, like, the U.S. dollar. Yeah. The the reason I I don't care about is, like, you know, I've, A, I I watched a financial crash of 2008, and, like, I've been on top of, you know, people shorting stocks, you know, since then. And I view it's like, you know, if, if you're not into, you know, crypto and silver, right now you know you're behind the ball uh but you know not to get into the finances but the, the entire reason is it's not about money it's about energy and whether or not that they can extract and utilize the energy needed and the way that they're doing this is essentially along the string of pearls that david froze up again david froze up again Froze up again, my friend. I'll have to message him again. Sorry for everybody listening. Our internets are dropping out. Um, do, 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 do. Wait, is he back? I can hear him. I can hear him. He's breaking in and out. David? Uh, I think we lost him. Wait. That, that, there he is. He's back again. There we go. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, sorry. You're saying string of pearls? Yeah, so along the string of pearls, their entire goal, and, and, and this is what we kind of need to worry about countering them on, because they're already aware of the fact that they don't want to have to defend stuff on land in, in Africa. No one wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no one yeah, in their right mind would want to do that. Yeah. So they mostly want to do it offshore. And the way we see them doing this is if you look at like BWXT-style micro-reactors, that's the company that basically makes like the submarine reactors and whatnot. And by the way, very interesting to note, if you look at their stock history, they were recently uh, shorted. They were one of the stocks being shorted uh, around the same time that Trump was talking about the potential for micro-nuclear reactors in Space Force and, and powering uh, things in space with it. They were heavily being shorted, but they China uses a very similar uh, micro-reactor, essentially, uh, to his, you know, because really for fracking, you're, you're boiling water. Water, mm-hmm. essentially you know mm-hmm. as you know george webb he always calls it the coffee maker and I, I really like that term for it um but they're building these little string of pearls and all you need is a little micro reactor and essentially a jet engine and you have a fracking operation that you can you know pipe energy out and take it home essentially and so exxon is set up to essentially to tap the tap the well you know get it up and out 
and boom, it's off to a facility they have in China ready to go. And so that that's the name of the game is it's not about money because it doesn't matter if they run out of money. It matters about energy. Well, and that's that's why they're so focused on our energy grid. OK, so so, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I'm getting to, though, is like um, so energy, right? Well, energy can take different forms. And what you what could say another form of energy is, is like, you know, creating like steel girders. Let's just use that as an example, because that takes a bunch of energy to do. Right. So it's even mm-hmm. though you have this thing and it's not necessarily like a battery, but it's still kind of this thing that took energy to make. Right. It's it's you're putting a ball on top of a shelf it, it, that now holds potential energy and it costs you kinetic energy. Mm-hmm. So the Belt and Road Initiative, let's say they're building it. So it's not about, the, I agree with you, it's not about the money because that's just fucking monopoly. It doesn't matter. You print it out. It's the idea that money's mm-hmm. going to take down any power. It's like, no, dude, power comes from the barrel of a gun, not from a fucking rectangle note made out of, mm-hmm. you know, cottonous paper. Only thing Mal got right. Exactly. It, it's, it's, that is, it, it's, very, mm-hmm. it's very useful if you can get people to believe that's where power comes from. But, you know, it's like Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. And I gave you a small fortune. Like, does that make you, does that give you power? And it's like, you realize, like, Oh, there yeah. is no power in that. But, however, so let's go back to energy. So it's not about how many trillions of dollars it takes. But if they're building physical ports and infrastructure and apartments and everything they're doing, if they're building that, that takes energy The for pulling the ore out, melting it, smelting it, transporting it and mm-hmm. creating it. In a way, you could say that that is energy and thus if we can get them to expend all of that, and it might not be some coup where then we pull Eric Prince and then we go, ha, we get everything you just built. It might not even be us taking it. We might just leave it. doesn't matter. The fact is, is it costs so much energy. You know, it's kind of like if you go to China, if you're a U.S. company, you go to China, you have to build a factory. So even if you leave, you've now left that brick and mortar factory. They kind of have you by the balls before you even start. So what if that's what we're doing is get them to go build a ton of shit and then they can't defend it, that still costs yeah. energy for them to make. Are we getting yeah, that, them to just zap? That, that is the play. And and that's, you know, it really is, I couldn't come up with a better play myself if I sat here all day. You know, the, be, the, the best thing that you could hope for them to do is to expend all their resources yes. in Africa build and build shit. up Africa and then have to defend it uh, because they won't be able to do it. Yeah. It's just, you know. Well, again, it's, you know, it's, 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 think moonshot Soviet. Sorry, I know I'm interrupting you. Uh, I get excited. But it's like moonshot Soviet. It's not that the rubles it's what's going to take down the Soviets. No. But if they have to put all of their fucking rocket scientists and defense, if they have to take all their ore, right, they have to use everything to make that, kind of like Chernobyl, like the HBO miniseries, like, we need the liquid nitrogen. How much? All of it. All of the liquid nitrogen in the Soviet Union. Yeah, literally like, all of it. There is a real cost. There is a real politic cost to the physical reality of so if they go yeah if they go build all of it so it's not that the ruble brought them down it's that they put all this money into making the buran energy or whatever fucking thing they did sorry i keep interrupting you i get excited oh it's no problem <laughs> you know i listen i'm happy to have people to enjoy talking geopolitics because i'll try right. to explain this I'll, I'll try to explain this to like gen xers and you know they, they claim they're not boomers but they're boomers in every sense of the word and, and they just you know their eyes just glaze over it's like you try to explain like balance of power politics and world war one well american history doesn't really start until world war ii and everything else is mythology world war you know essentially american for history, most of these people american history started on july 4th 1776 and then like going under anesthesia for surgery you well it's blinked, like mythology at this it, point it, to it, most people yeah it went from 1776 and then there was a literal tear in space time and the next instant was december 7th, world war 1941 you know? and that's where in america started it just yeah. 
in the beginning, FDR said, let there be a War Powers Act, and 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 it was good. And now we have America. Well, this is why like, I say the way that we think about history is wrong, because Americans think about history as, as a series of what you know we call them wars, but really they're battles. Um, you know, I, I, I will firmly state that we're in nonstop the continuation of the 30 years of war, and that goes way back. And, you know, America has been this country that has won almost every battle, but we're, we haven't even realized what war we're in for the most part. That's, <laughs> and that's the average American mindset. And that's, that's what we need to start countering. That's why I like guys like Don the Pleb saying, this is, this is a war, not a conversation. And we need to start walking, wake, not only waking up the average American, but walking them off of the, the, the weather balloons and swamp gas in D.C. and onto the senior executive service in McLean, Virginia. Because those are the policymakers that are controlling everything. Yeah, yeah. If we can, yeah. I mean, it's it is a little black pillish, but it's like, man, if if you can vote them out, that's probably not yeah. the house of power. Let's yeah, and, we, and that's the thing. We can't vote the senior executive <laughs> yeah. service out, and we can't fire them. So all that we can do is start. You know, there's power in names. Name the demon. We need to start talking about them rather than the politicians, and we need to socially engineer a non-permissive environment where they either have to conform to a a populist foreign policy and a populist domestic policy, or they need to pack their bags up and go to the country they want to serve. Mm-hmm. That's and that's the only way that we can get out of this situation without it devolving into a justice system from south of the border and people's entire families getting honored with pyres of tires Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah that's and and we've talked about it that's my whole psychedelic initiative which i believe is going to be it's going to be the ace up my sleeve that i think will be played but we'll get into that in our episode let's yeah, I don't want to mix geopolitics and, and uh, yeah, you know all the woo woo too woo-woo, much. But, yeah, no, you got. But I would be happy to talk that. Absolutely, yeah, no. But you got you got to kind of compartment. It's again, it's it's, it's yeah. the podcast is a big mansion, and I know not all of them. <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta pull a little Jesus. Yeah, you know you, you know you gotta you gotta treat your audience. You gotta know what, what they're coming for. Yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah, you can't you gotta yeah. It's a, you're getting a product. You know, if you're paying for a hand job, you're getting a hand yeah, job. Yeah, the, the guy coming to the geopolitics video might not want to talk about you know what's going on exactly, at the, exactly. the MKO ultra house yeah 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 um but it seems like man i was thinking you know we see something I'd, if i don't know if you've read um stealth war by uh, general spaulding it's a, all about china I, I so I, I follow china uncensored and china unscripted a lot and the fact that you had spaulding on like he's he's one of the guys out there that's definitely yeah, he, yeah. he's he's leading edge on, on what we need to be focusing on and, and getting our mindset into so you know i'm very happy that you've had him on and Fuck, yeah. and you know that's definitely the kind of people that we need right now i've been trying to get him back on but he's playing hard to get Uh, (laughs) well you know china's the dominating issue of today so i'm sure he's in high demand yeah um but i tried to get him i tried to get him to get me michael pillsbury because he also works at the hudson institute the author of the hundred year marathon but i never heard back from but point being is so he talks about a lot you know, he's like, let's just look at. And why I love Spalding is he's, he's he's not. I mean, he is a diehard patriot, but he's also not delusional. You know, he very much he says hundreds of times in the book, you have to respect your enemy. You have mm-hmm. to. And he says right in like the first three sentences, he's like, they're waging a beautiful war. Um, but he talks about one thing they do is like, you know, that what you do have with a, a a Chinese Communist Party, which is essentially one big corporation, right? It's all danced around. If you have a board of directors and over a certain amount of revenue, no, sorry, if you just have a board of directors, you have to have a member of the ccp on there and what china can do is they can take money from other avenues and they can artificially push new ones so what they're doing is they kind of can use their 
corporations as all one big machine. I was thinking, man, I, I would imagine that ExxonMobil, I mean, let's think Independence Day, right? I'm not even trying to go down the alien rabbit hole. But I mean, what is Independence Day, right? They come to different planets and they suck out all the energy so that they can keep moving mm-hmm. forward. Man, I would say ExxonMobil is definitely like an arm of the Department of Defense. It is oh, yeah. the battery. Uh, well, it's the I mean, battery. You can, listen, you can look up, you know, just their job titles alone and it yeah. will match, you know, hey, we need an intelligence officer for this, that, that, you know, listen, you know, Lockheed has a bigger espionage and covert, you know, clandestine <laughs> service than CIA. Yeah. So, let, you know, you let's... That, if you think the NSA isn't meeting with the CEOs of Lockheed and going, this is what you need to yeah. work on, let's not try to pretend that there is no such thing as corporate espionage. Yeah. Corporate well, espionage. it's incentivized because if they do anything through the official, you know, government institution, um, you know, that's subject to FOIA. Now, granted, mm-hmm. they're going to do everything they can to not, you uh-huh. know, uh, respond to your FOIA request. But if we do it through a private company, it's not subject to FOIA. And so that's why it's like we, we've we set up the game. Has, the policy has been written up to incentivize yes. mercenaries, yes. you know, 100% and not in our interest. That's the biggest problem is it is incentivizing our mercenaries to go and serve foreign aristocracies um, and whatnot. And that's the that's the issue that we or, have today. Or is this just a let's let's just toy with this is this just um is this just cold war two and are we just seeing um like just like a newer iphone or a newer xbox are we just seeing double agent 2.0 where we create mercenaries and we go if you want you can go work for china and china goes haha we got your guy in reality this guy's like all right i'm in position well it's 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 definitely a mix of that and we see the same you know and we know it's going that way overall because we see the same thing happening from the Russian standpoint, you know, they are very much moving into um, the same kind of means of, you know, yeah, we have our, our, our military for state defense, but we're also shoveling a lot of these guys over into what was formerly, you know, uh, media likes to throw around the term Wagner as if it's like the, the Russian Blackwater. Uh, but there's a lot of these little companies out there, and that really is um just the future is you know not you know no uniforms no nothing like that mm-hmm. and uh you know you you know it's old boys networks mm-hmm. and you know do you, how do you know that you can trust someone well you you know you worked with them enough that they haven't mm-hmm. shot you in the back of the head yet and that's probably the best you're going to get yeah but it, it almost seems like it's the same power structure though so it's whether or not they have flags on their shoulders that says you know special detachment delta or whether or not it just says oh. exxon mobile well, to, I mean, to an extent, I mean, you know, things are only going to change so much when it comes to the structure of, of how you're going to run one of these organizations. I, I know, um, you know, Jay Dyer, I don't know if you're familiar with his work at all, but he's, I mean, he's a power nerd at going through all these, you know, old books and, and whatnot. Um, really, uh, really good take on like the KGB and how they were working with the Orthodox Church and how you kind of had this network of Orthodox Christians that were understanding that hey you know what the best way to get out from under the thumb of this you know this communist dictatorship that's taken over our country is to is to work through these orthodox community networks and that was essentially from you know to to say the good guys of the kgb is a pretty odd statement to make but that's kind of what it was is the good guys of the kgb and russian uh, special operations forces saying you know the best way that we can stabilize this country and get out from under the thumb of tyranny is uh using these orthodox christian networks 
And, you know, you go back to like Constantine and why the Roman Empire um, converted to um, Christianity. Well, they understood that, hey, these natural insurgent networks that the Christians are forming, these little communities are responding to external threats on their own much better than our centralized Roman, you know, bureaucracy can. So, you know, why not just control the opposition? The best way to control the opposition is to lead it yourself. Mm-hmm. We're Christian now. And that's why, um, was it Julian the Apostate comes along a few emperors later, and he's kind of like an uppity hipster. He wants to go back to paganism. And even the pagans, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not messing that name up, but I could be. But essentially his own pagans even hated him because he's like, you know, they, they're not zealous pagans. They're just like, dude, this is actually working out for us. You're messing this up for everybody. And that's why, like, when he was killed, no one's really sure. Was it his own men? Was it the Christians? Was it the pagans? Who did it? No one really knows. And some people claim responsibility because he was rubbing all the feathers backwards. And, and people understood the real politics that, hey, this Christianity thing's actually kind of working out for us. Yes, it's, it's, it's working out. It's working out well, right? And it's... Man, so I was thinking, now I'm just thinking along all these lines of, man, are all these different comp- American corporations, are these just very intricate front companies? I mean, like, the oldest one, it's almost beat to death, is like, we know the CIA, foam, I think, formed 10 or 11 fake corporations to go buy up yeah. the titanium ore of the Soviet Union so we could build the SR-71 Blackbird, which I love a meme that I shamelessly created, and it's, um, David, did you freeze up again? Up, oh, David froze up again. Our internet is just shit in the bed today. Is it? I don't think it's my internet. Let's see. So, it froze up again. Um, I'm gonna... I think we're back. Okay, we're okay, back. okay, okay, okay. There um, we go. Um, but yeah, I was th- uh, yeah, it's a meme I shamelessly made. You know, it's Thanos, you know, I use the rings to destroy... Or I use the stones to destroy the stones. And it's, uh, I use the Soviet soil to spy on the Soviet soil. And it's the titanium ore to make the SR-71. I thought yeah. it was clever. I patted myself on the back for that one. Fuck you. But... My idea is, man, what if – so let's think. What, what what do we know we have? What is probably – we argue one of the biggest presences in China, Apple and Foxconn. Do you think Foxconn is, is – I mean, is that a forward operating base? Is that is that a CIA station? Um, you know, well, we know that obviously there's going to be those networks in there. The big problem is when you look at the Office of Personnel Management uh, hacks and leaks that happen, uh, and this is the, the biggest issue is that, you know – through that, they have they've compromised and figured out who a lot of the assets were. They got rid of a lot of the assets that have been built up for a long time. When was this? Um, God, this was a this was a few years back. Um, Is this I actually when, looked that up when all the CIA assets were exposed in China. Essentially, yeah. This goes back to the Office of Personnel Management hack. Um, and I can like 2015, now. 2016. I want to say it was probably about then. Okay. Um, Okay, just, gen- just, gen- just sure. general ballpark, yeah. But yeah, general ballpark of it is that they had this breach and, you know, which compromised a lot of the assets that we had there already. And then on top of that, you got to keep in mind that they got material on the people who are polygraphing and basically giving out security clearances, you know, and that goes all the way up to the senior executive service. So that's the biggest threat right there. And that's one of the reasons wow. why anything serious is going to go outside of the official chain of yeah. commands because the people who are giving out the security clearances were essentially compromised and you know when the senior executive service is compromised and they're unfireable well what are you going to do but form an east india company or an east china company and it's like you need your own chain of command you need your own you know everything and then dissolve it every decade and start and then build it up anew it's kind of like jack Mm -hmm. nicholson and the departed whenever i got a rat i just kill everybody 
Exactly. You basically have to just keep doing that or, you know, bounce in between new platforms because we know the, the, the platform that was built up for us is completely compromised yeah, from the, from the ground through. up now. Yeah, term, termites in the foundation. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I mean, yeah, what other spot would you go after other than the polygraph? I mean, that is the gatekeeper. Do you want yeah. to be in this or not? Yeah, and so if you Fuck. if you can compromise and control the, the counterintelligence, that's why we no longer do counterintelligence is because, you know, all the good counterintelligence officers, well, they're either they got retired, they're either, yeah, they're either retired, gone whistleblower, like Kevin Ship, um, who uh, he went on record, I want to say 2012, his book from the Company of Shadows um, details a lot of, like, when you look at, uh, Cointel Pro tactics that mm-hmm. they use to ruin the lives of whistleblowers to go after your financials, to mm-hmm. go after your family. Um, I believe they they went into uh, his home with a paint roller, basically put chemicals on the ceiling and tried to basically poison his family. Like we're seeing, you know, all of these tactics that they use to destroy whistleblowers. And I believe what they came after him over is he found uh, essentially an exploit that allowed uh, essentially enemy intelligence to determine who in an embassy or who you know who in the state department was actually working for the cia and when he tried to report that he was basically told to shut it down um and when he pursued further you know they essentially tried to ruin his life and kill him over it and we're seeing you know it's just short of the i mean there's some debate on whether or not binary chemical or biological weapons are in use now against the american people but we're certainly seeing everything else that they use to destroy whistleblowers being employed against just the average joe who woke up and is like why is my country being sold out Mm -hmm. and and really if you if you study kevin ship's work and all that you know they all those tactics started with what they were doing to cia whistleblowers motherfucker so one thing i always think about is like you know i don't don't think i'm stupid but i also don't think i'm necessarily smart um i think you know i think you and i are probably you're up there you're up there oh stop it you but like you know (laughs) oh you're making me feel like a young girl again but like you know, it, it doesn't serve anyone to think they're smart. That's never done anyone any good. All it does is make you complacent and make you... Uh, no, we got to assume that we're fucked and work our you, way up. You, you, the- you got to assume that you've got, like, applesauce spilled down the front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that your shoes are untied and your teeth thoroughly. You, know, you got to floss out the crayons you've been eating, right? So, mm-hmm. but one thing I always think is, if, if we can think of this, if everything you and I are debating right now, if we can, one... Let's just go baseline. Let's just say there are people in the whatever, this whatever, the upper echelons of whatever, whether or not they're compromised or they're Chinese or let's just whoever. Let's just say they're up there. At the very least, if they have carbon copies of our brains, right, and they have the same computing power as us, what they do have an edge on us is access to information and intel. But now let's go a step further. There's probably smarter guys there. So if you got smarter guys who have access to more information than just like the the you know the the websites you and I can go to or the Audible books we can fish through, I always think. So if we can conclude this stuff, they can conclude this stuff, which means that they've got to be a step ahead. So do you think everything we're seeing is is the picture, or do you think it's what? They almost like a limited hangout. Like they want us to believe the Chinese are on the edge of overthrowing America. Like what would be the advantage of that? Um, I, I think it's kind of half and half. I think it's half limited hangout. And, and once again, half the fact that, yeah, we might have a lot of incredibly smart people that understand exactly, you know, how bad the situation is and what we need to do. But it goes back to the argument. If there's a gun against our head, if there's, if there's um, God knows how many, 
Club K missile systems that came in through Port Canaveral and are scattered throughout the inside the continental U.S. And even like let's let's assume that our our counterterrorism capabilities are Johnny on the spot and that there's not a single one inside the continental U.S. Sure. Well, just just as easily, how easy it is for them to put these on little islands in the Caribbean, put them on a fishing boat, and just be off our coast? Are we going to stop yeah. every boat with a, with a container on it? Um, you know, it could be done. Yes, but uh, do I think that they're capable of doing that and actively doing it? Well, judging by, you know, how our power grid's being treated, um, I would assume that there's a gun to our, to whoever the good guys are in the system's head and that they are very limited in their response because, you know, what I'm seeing, you know, with our power grid and from guys like Eric Swallows well, um, you know, and all, all these all these clearly compromised Fuck people, um, you know, who are just, you know, can get away with murder, essentially. Um, you know, if we have really smart guys that are out there and figuring out how to get around this, I'd like to meet them because I don't feel like we're winning right now. Me neither. I don't have that feeling. And it's one thing I always think is, though, it's like you're right, because it does seem like the Chinese are acting like they have a gun to our head. I just don't believe that we don't have a gun to their head as well. I don't necessarily think that, you know, up until probably the last 20 years, I felt like America was 12 steps ahead. Now I think we're on par at best. I don't think they're ahead of I don't do I don't think the Chinese are ahead of us. I don't think we're necessarily that far ahead of them, though. But one thing I was thinking is, and I remember thinking this back in like middle school, I was like, wouldn't the most advantageous thing you can do, wouldn't it be to just smuggle in pieces of atomic weapons into the, the nations that you don't like, including those who are your allies, construct them in cities and then just leave them there for decades. It would have to be a special access program within a special access program, but you would have those. So fuck having a fuck having an ICBM or a stealth bomber. Just have instantaneous. You know, you, you could have that. But the problem is that's really only the capability for A, if you're going to do a preemptive first strike. Yeah. Or B, responding to, hey, we already got nuked. Yeah. So, you know, I look at it from that perspective is do we have, you know, equal measures that could do the same amount of damage? Yes. But that doesn't really help us with the situation them. in you our own backyard. Yeah. You know, the only way that's going to help us get around, you know, the issues in our backyard is when we start going to, you know, neighborhood watches that are, you know, forming up and we start going beyond, hey, let's just watch after our cul-de-sac. How do we, you know, teach these neighborhood watch guys surveillance and counter surveillance te techniques? How do we teach them about, you know, counterintelligence? How do we give these guys the resources and the motivation to keep a strict eye on the people running their policy, on the people they vote in office, to keep the pressure on them so that they are forced to act in a populist and nationalist manner? And that's really the only way that we can go about retaking the internal security services needed to start going out and really finding the uh, the guns to our head, so to speak, because, you know, we can talk about whether or not we have the, the on par capability to do as much damage to China as they could do to us or, or maybe some white Russian element, you know, however, you know, old nobility, uh, Klaus Schwab, James Bond villain type, whoever you want to name it. But whoever has those you know, weapons there. It doesn't matter if we can nuke the country, if they can nuke our city anyway. we got to remove the gun to the head before we can do any other action. But the, you thing, know, um, the thing is, is it might not be removable. And it might never it, have been removable. It might have it been might, to our head since 49. It, it might not. But And then at the, if that turns out to be the scenario, if there's no other there's way... There's nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah if there's <laughs> no other way to get around that, well, then the only way that we can deal with this situation is once again going back to, to force multiplying at the at the grassroots level counterintelligence knowledge and, and procedures so that we can do network analysis and figure out well who's you know if we can't 
you know, remove the gun from the head, can we at least figure out who's got the finger on the trigger? Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, and go from there. Uh, you know, and that's really the only other option there. Yeah, man, it looks like that ray of sun is piercing your eyes. It's right. It is kind of starting to come yeah. down there. Yeah, that's, I, <laughs> I built like a wall of uh, yeah of, of mats around me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it it seems that's one thing I keep thinking of is like, man, yeah. So like, what? So what good does it do if China's like we have a Club K missile system, and then go, we go meet with Xi and we say, you know, we've had a hundred megaton thermonuclear warhead in Beijing since nineteen seventy two. And we're, you know, and it's like, oh fuck. Maybe that's always been what it is. And the reality is, is we've oh, maybe we facilitated it. I yeah, mean, maybe yeah, maybe we facilitated Club K missile systems, yeah. just like the idea that we facilitated getting rid of the Sprint ABM mus- missiles, these missiles that could get up to Mach ten within fifteen seconds and shoot down incoming nuclear weapons or set off a, I think a neutron pulse to like disable their fissionable cores. But we actually we actually started taking our own defenses down because we were like, hey we want you to know that you can destroy us because they realized that that was the most peaceful outcome. We might, dude, we might have facilitated Club K because it's like, hey, now you have a gun to our head as well and now now the, the keel's even. Now you don't feel threatened at an inferiority and, complex. And, and that goes back to the Russian penetration of the Manhattan Project and, oh. and how the OSS was compromised because there was always oh. this, and I, I'm kind of of almost to the same mentality of, you know, I don't think that hegemony necessarily guarantees security. I think balance of power politics is the only way you can do it. If you have, a, you know, even a bipolar system or a unipolar system, well, if you have a unipolar system, um, that country is going to think that they have a blank check to go around. And um, that's Francis Fukuyama's The End of History. Okay. The winds at our backs, we can go out and we can, mm-hmm. we can form liberal Nin- democracies all across yeah, the world. And um, that. so that's that mindset. And if you have a bipolar uh, world, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're playing these Cold War games and mutually assured destruction arms races. But if you have a, a multipolar system, that's where you start to get more balance. Mm. And, and that's the big problem that we have right now is that we don't really have a multipolar system. The no, EU is collapsing, and thank God, because it's, you know, it's a Stasi-run regime at this point. It's a continuation of the Holy Roman Empire, and it's not Roman, it's not holy. And it, it's not an empire. Know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not an empire. It's, a, it's yeah. the guy that made Stuka bombers, you know, as the unelected dude <laughs> running it. You know, you know, it's arms dealers running that thing. So, so that's... Mi- so in that, if we want to go really far down the line, and this is one thing I was thinking a while back, because I just like to get, dive, de- I like to dive deeper and deeper into conspiracy holes, and not necessarily in some crazy wacky sense, because that's that's easy. That doesn't take any talent. You can go reptilians from Draco, or yeah, yeah but okay, it's, fine. That's that's not it's original. Fun with, you know, listen, if you're smoking a joint and you're yeah, you know yeah, yeah, BSing yeah. with your friends, it's fun yeah, to go yeah, through. But you know, no. you, you don't you don't need to make those cases to to well, that, explain well, things through the geopolitics lens of what's going on. That's what I like to get to. So I like to go down the rabbit hole, but I like to create my own conspiracies based on things I know, because otherwise it's just, it's a cheap out. It's aliens. It's, all right, fun. Yeah, sure. I'll, pat, yeah. Like, I'll I'll smoke that bong. I'll have, a fun, I'll have fun. But if we really want to debate what's going on, one thing I was thinking is, so like, right, the Cold War. Let's look at the Cold War as an engine, right? You kind of kind of fuck around. You could say that, you know, in the, the landscape is the temporal dimension, and we want it to go forward quicker. 
what's the best way to right? Why did we set up Los Alamos and Oak Ridge, Tennessee at the same time or Sandia or whatever? It was we wanted competition. So mm-hmm. let's look at the Cold War as an engine, right? Because it's been argued and I can't back it up or some, somebody fact check me or back me up. But it's roughly that without the Cold War, where we would be right now with even just consumer technology is we would be at the spin wheel iPod in 2021 as opposed to where we are. So it moved forward. It advanced humanity very far forward. Now, it's a dangerous engine because it's an engine that can at any moment, it can go thermonuclear. And then you, so let's say without a Cold War, without a Cold War, the engine just keeps plugging along. With a Cold War, you can kind of, you can turbocharge that engine, but the engine might also throw you back to the Stone Age. However, so a Cold War might be, the upper elite are like, what's the best way to advance humanity? It's a cold war. Maybe maybe strings are being pulled to purposely pit China and America against each other because, baby, that's how you get technology to jump forward. David, you froze up again. I can't help but feel the senior executive services chopping in our connection. I don't know. I don't know if it's his or mine. He'll pop up again. It normally takes like ten seconds. But yeah, what if the Cold War is an engine and the engine is pulling us along into the future, and it's a knife set? Oh, oh, there oh, we are. Right, he's back. Nice. All right. Um, yeah. Let's. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Let's. It's, it's. So is the cold? Is it a? Is it a? Is it a? Intentional Cold War to push humanity forward and then thus push a breakaway civilization, and then so, they'll just pit us against each other. Yeah, that, that's and that's basic management one hundred and one. You know, let's break it. <laughs> let's break it down simple enough for Counter Strike players, right? Okay. If if you want to, if you have a Counter Strike team, and, and you know five guys, and you want to push them to be better, what's the best way to do that? To make a second Counter Strike team to call them a bunch of losers and suckers whenever they mess up, and then then you get that competition yeah. and that camaraderie that comes from that competition. And next thing you know, you're you're driving, you're uh, driving innovation with that, yeah. and you know, and that that's why I mean, part of this you know was a failure of Trump because he was trying to play it in a political game. But you know, you could see where that his strategy of well, I want to bring in these guys that disagree with each other. I want to bring in John Bolton and this guy, and I want them to compete because they're going to give me the best outcome. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't work so well in politics because people already have their allegiances and yeah. whatnot. You know, they're not necessarily looking uh, to innovate for you. But you know, from a business perspective, that's a very smart strategy. So what if that's the move? What if the real move is, that, is hey, to an extent? Yeah, it's. I mean, and you would have to go. That would to be an it. extent. The problem. The problem is now that they feel that they have enough that they're ready to collapse us, and they want the the authoritarian model. Yeah, and that's or it the, might, the it issue might be that. we have now. That might have been. They might have. We might be behind the eight ball. They might have had that thought in forty nine and go, hey. Let's pin us against each other. And now you're right. They've done their advancement. They ended up the Cold War. They tied up the loose ends. And now they're going, all right, all right, let's go get into the Chinese system. Then we'll kill them. And then we'll just take over the whole world. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, the the heart of all this, if you just really want to cut to to the heart of everything that is evil in the world, it all starts with Henry Kissinger, the the big K. And look at all of his acolytes. I tried to get him on the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> you know that would be amazing. He, he didn't respond. Uh, I think he's like ninety eight. Yeah, he, the I mean, he, he's up there. I mean, he is a Sith Lord, though. He might live forever. <laughs> he's gonna, but um, yeah. but yeah, you know, sorry, it's yeah. it's a really interesting thing. But you know, if you look at where he has the strongest foothold, um, it's Department of Energy. And you know, if you really wanted to end the the hegemony of the the technocratic whatever whatever cabal globalist whatever you want to call them, if you cracked open black energy projects in the DOE and, and you removed um, 
you know, our dependence on, you know, oil and air travel and, and you know, the, the lanes that they already control, they're done for. And that's why for them, this is a zero sum adversarial game and they have no intention of losing control of that. They understand if Elon Musk can, can go to an asteroid belt and have unlimited resources and just start 3D printing. Well, guess what? You now have a near peer threat that can just Guild off somewhere else in the system that could, you know, pose a, a potential uh, to disrupt your hedge money over the energy game, over the transport game. Uh, the expanse, you know, I don't know how the latest season, but the first couple seasons of the expanse was actually pretty good because the whole idea is you had these guys that went to Mars to terraform Mars. And because of how much work went into terraforming Mars and making it um, a livable place, they were just this incredibly nationalistic. They had this really frontier, hardworking spirit, but they're very cohesive. Um, you know, it's not quite fascist, but, you know, it might seem a little fascist just because of that that mindset. And then meanwhile, on Earth, you kind of have like this. There's this uppity elite that are kind of running everything and things look all right. They're behind the ball because they haven't had to work as hard as the Martians. And then the, the peasant class has just been on UBI for God knows how long. And they're just they're, they're completely out of it. Yeah. And. That, that's their biggest fear, really, is some guy like Elon being able to just, you know, hey, I'm going to form my own breakaway civilization. Eventually, he's going to become a near peer threat to their system. Or, so they, that's, or they have Elon go build it. And then they or have, they have him already. Yeah. yeah they, or, they have say, or they have him all ready. And part of the people in the first colony are going to be fucking like CIA. They've got the SA, back door in his chip uh, and they're just uh, ready to um, activate him. CIA, <laughs> SAD agents, they're going over there. They're, they're soldiers as spies, as astronauts, right? They're going over there. And as soon as he's got. What I think it's going to come to is we're probably going to see in like the next 20 years some like elysium type we're going to see some low earth like uh elite uh getaways and that's where they're going to rule from is literally out of our own Mm -hmm. biosphere but maybe that's the thing is you pit this whole thing forward to grow i mean and you know what and this will have to be another podcast another time because we got to wrap this one up but are you okay with wrapping this one up soon oh yeah you sure? I mean, listen, I, I'm here. Like, you have me for the rest of the day if you want. If oh, you want to cut it, you know. Oh, shit. If, I, I thought I was keeping you. Oh, no. Uh, you know, for me, it, the only thing I would be doing for the rest of the day is playing with like rangefinders and wind meters and learning new toys. But, Fuck you know, yeah. sun's going down. I, I can do that some other time. Fuck yeah. You know? Um, so I was thinking, like, fuck, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, so I was thinking, and this is an idea. Is the person does is the person in charge or the group in charge? Do they even know they're in charge? And I'll I'll, I'll set it out as this, and then I got to go piss, so I'm going to give you the screen. But it's like, you know, I'm thinking of like a video game, right? You know, in a video, let's say Far Cry, and I kill all the enemies at an outpost. The game tells me when I killed all of the enemies, so I I can stop crouching around. I can stand up and just walk around. That's not the case in the world. So it, when you get to the top spot, when you have the deepest bunker and the best supercomputer and the most generals on your side, no one goes, you are now in the lead. You don't know. So does the group that's in charge even know they're in charge? So, uh, you know, it's about half yes and half no. And, and the, big, the biggest problem that we have um, with the American kind of system is our patrician class, all of our, all of our professional class that have a lot of disposable income and should be... Um, you know, steering policy are essentially asleep at the wheel. You know, they're all like, hey, I've got a bigger boat. I can go fishing. Life is good. The golf course is good. And, and they really don't care. And so the only people that are actively 
pursuing and, and, and really trying to get to the top of our policy establishment are the people who understand what the game is and they want to be at the top. And so that's essentially where we're at right now is that we have, um, you know, the people that should be the true elite of the country, you know, the, the, the real people that should be steering our policy are just asleep at the wheel and everyone else is essentially a, a full on, I call them, you know, theater psychopaths, you yeah. know, with law degrees. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's like that corny Harry Potter quote, though. It's like, whoever wants to be a leader probably shouldn't be a leader. Right? Yeah, it's, it's you know, they're usually the biggest asshole in the room, and the guy you want to be running things is, the, you know, that quiet guy that knows his shit. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's got shit that he wants to do. He doesn't necessarily want to be people. Be, he doesn't want, you mm-hmm. know what? It's the guy who, like, I'm okay with having a ton of guns. This is the guy who doesn't give a shit if I have a ton of guns. It's when someone's like, you shouldn't have those, that I'm like, when you tell me I shouldn't have one, it makes me want to have one. When you tell me I, I want, should... Now I want more for my yeah, friends because you know, now like, I feel like I... Yeah. You know, it's like before this, I was indifferent to locking my door. But when you came by and said, stop locking your door, fascist. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to lock my door and I'm going to put a couch in front of it, you fucking weirdo. It's right. So it's like, it's those that want to be in charge. But that's that's not really a discussion. That's just a kind of a weird talking point to hammer into the ground. But yeah, it, it, it almost seems like whoever... I kind of think whoever is in charge doesn't even know they're in because they're like the whole thing is this weird shell game and it's all shadows and fog and mirrors and it's like once you are in charge like you don't right because in like a nuclear war right well let's say we went around and we were trying to take out the last russian submarine at a certain point you know it's like it's like you get four pigs or you get three pigs and you label them one two and four and then you let them go everyone's gonna keep looking for the third and it doesn't exist if you're looking for that last Russian submarine, they, they might all be gone, but you're still scouring the Marianas Trench, and it's not there, right? So is that the case, right? So like Hitman. I walk around on Hitman. I just kill it's, everybody on the map. And it's some- even worse than that now, actually, um, because what the Chinese are doing now, uh, they're building essentially uh, the same kind of micro-reactors you put in a submarine. They're essentially building nuclear underwater drones, and their idea is they'll just drop them off and leave them there, and when the time's right, activate them and send them out, you know, to go do something. And, um, you know, so l- luckily they are unmanned, so if the U.S. Navy decides, hey, this is a piece of dangerous debris, you know, they'll just, you know, they'll blow it up. But that's going to be the, the the new game in the South China Sea is essentially you're going to have unmanned nuclear uh, drones going through the water there. Um, and that's going to be one of the cat and mouse games. And, that, and the goal of that's going to be like, hey, if we can tie up all the resources chasing this, and then we're slipping Club, Club K style, you know, covert systems out the back and staging them in the Caribbean, you know, sleight of hand. Fuck. So let's let's go back to that energy, that energy power, right? Because that's Stephen Greer's argument. And whatever people think of Stephen Greer, he does have a good argument. And it's logically why I'm not, we're not even going to do UFOs this episode. But like, why would you keep in secret? And it's not because people can't handle it. It's because you want to keep the world is on the petrodollar. You want to keep them all. You want to grab them by the balls because once you lose that, yeah. you lose your vice grip of power. So what if what if the reason why we're in the Middle East it's because we're we're keeping everything above fossil fuels classified and what we're trying to do is run out the clock on fossil fuels to where china goes we need to go get more and where do they look to the biggest well where where have we been since fall 2001 mm-hmm. the middle east and we're like well, oh it, were you were you looking for this that has been the game um that has precisely the strategy that's going on the and the, the big issue with that is you know 
every now and then everyone gets together to talk about disclosure and then it comes down to well we can't do that guess what we got fracking now we got natural gas now let's just keep let's mm-hmm. keep running the clock out and uh that, and that's the biggest issue we have is because if we uh you know, decentralized our power grid. If we can't, if we cracked open the old uh, the DOE Black Energy piggy bank, and we yeah. started creating decentralized power grids all over, well, guess what? You know, the game's over. You know, we don't need that. You know, that same system. Uh, so while I don't agree with uh, Greer on everything, and you know that stuff, you know, getting into the UFO side of the argument, we don't even need to to go into the yeah. the woo woo to explain. You know, if you're thinking about this from a game theory adversarial zero sum game, um, you know, you're either you know have monopoly over uh, energy, and through energy you have monopoly on travel, or you don't. Mm-hmm. Well, option is you don't want the don't. Mm-hmm. You want the you want to have that you control, want. and so that's why they just they do not. as their worst nightmare is losing control of that hegemony over the energy sector, and and by means of that, you'll also have air transport. You know, there's only so many airlines out there, and you know you can track pretty much what they're doing very easily. Yeah, there's only so many airlines, so many ships. You can, you can pretty much track. You're right. You can track. Right. It's kind of like you know COVID. It's kind of COVID's made that. COVID's made the surveillance state so much easier because now you don't have these un, uh, undocumented variables. What about Tommy and, and David going for a walk in the woods and we're just shooting the shit? Maybe we really are just talking about women. Maybe we're talking about overthrowing the government, but they can't have that when they, that's a system that they can't monitor versus now, if you go outside, you're killing my grandma, you stupid Nazi fascist. So stay inside. By the way, you can only communicate on a handful of platforms, all of which are monitored, all of which are controlled. So... Yeah, keep everyone only using planes and, and, and boats for freight. And man, you can you can control the not only that, they can only go to there's you know, there's one there's one outlet in the world that you have to plug your metaphorical phone into and it's the Middle East and it's like the Middle East and the Arctic and you know what we've got our and where do we you know, and that's where we have our military is right there. So I mean fuck it's a, it's an evil plan, but it's a genius plan. Yeah, uh, Matt Bracken uh, talked about this on, I think the channel is called The Modern Survivalist, but, you know, they were essentially talking about the motivation, which is if you're if you're in Soviet Russia and you know that America, the, the shining city on the hill is out there. Well, you're motivated to go there. That's mm-hmm. why they want to destroy the Constitution so much is because they know as long as that exists, people are going to try to flee that system to get there. And as long as you have a little crop duster or a sailboat, guess what? You can you get can there. Go. You, you can go. You can fly low on that thing. You can get out of there. And that is their worst fear is if they lose control over the air industry, if they lose control over the, the shipping industry, if if some dude can build some self-powered freaking quadcopter drone with a seat on it, guess what? You're out. You know, you're you you're can, out of there. You can go over and, the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Yeah. You're over the Berlin Wall and, you know, you can be debriefed and tell everybody that, you know, hey, here's what's going on in, in tyranny land and, and – Please tell me you guys have a plan for what we're going to do about it because I still have family back there or yeah. something like that. Fuck. But yeah, I mean, if you wanted to. I got to piss. If you need to pee, take a bathroom break. You know, you know what? If you can cut it, yeah. Um, if yeah, you yeah, want to yeah, chop I'm, it up, I'm just, you know, I'm let's just edit this out. Yeah, good, because I, I froze up a few times anyway. So yeah, okay, let's take a break real quick right, and we'll right. be right back at it. All right. Man, and I'm, I'm going to have the weirdest, just like once the my suspension's over. I mean, the last episode uploaded was 272. I'm all right. Right? There's just going to be a massive backlog. I'm just going to rain down episodes. But, um, yeah, 
that's one thing I've always been fascinated on are these sort of like final these like trump cards where it's not like who has the best bomber or whatever it's like these weird they're not even it's not technologies what they are are like you said game theories it's about keeping energy classified so that you can only use this existing system like it's a lot easier right it's it's you know why you know what you can pit parlor and twitter against each other and it doesn't matter as long as you're in control of aws right yeah, well, one of the best things I could recommend anyone do to, you know, if you want to get into foreign policy and you want to understand what's going on, uh, there's something called the Great Courses Plus. It's basically like Netflix for college courses. And there is a course on there about um, game theory by, I believe his name is Scott Stevens. This guy is a literal real life wizard. Um, he'll, you know, teach you how this thing goes into everything from business deals to nuclear deterrence theory. And I remember this, this course was before the whole Epstein thing even happened. And he just, you know, I, my job out dropped, but he just straight up says there in the course, Hey, you know, sometimes the best way to get promoted is just walk in and give your boss blackmail mail material. Here you go. Now, you know, you can control me. Now, you know, I can be trusted and you're moving up in the system. And he just straight up said that my jaw just about dropped i'm like he's not wrong i mean you're not wrong he's, oh, he's you, not yeah. wrong <laughs> yeah I, I, I thought you meant give blackmail material on your boss no you say give it on yourself hey here's me yeah. cheating on my wife you've yeah, given you him know, the gun you've given hey, him the gun I, exactly it's like i would love to send you know dick pics to patrick ho or uh, <laughs> as hunter biden would say china's motherfucking spy chief yeah and uh and get a fifty thousand a month you know energy gig in the ukraine or you know whatever um two ways but to you know <laughs> like you know I, I would love that gig hey i'd, I'd trade some some dirty pics for that yeah <laughs> yeah i mean there man there's got it, it almost seems that, that that's kind of like a real life sell your soul to the devil thing, right? And it's it like, is. It's. I mean, it's. You know, that term didn't come from nowhere. Yeah, but man, like, if there isn't a part of me that's like, there's like an, a deep internal part of me that's just like despises that. Like, I'd rather have to claw yeah, myself it, up the podcast it empire. Is- yeah, it is the lowest form of, of cowardice and, and the scum available. And unfortunately, that blackmail is the glue that, you know, holds everything together. And, and it's yeah. the only concrete way you yeah. can know, hey, I can trust this guy because yeah, if he, if he goes, yeah. If you go in with blackmail, I mean, that's that's modern day. I was just taking orders. That's mm-hmm. modern day. I, you know, I was just telling him to, I just drove the trains. And, and that, and you look at what's going on, you know, in our foreign policy establishment and everything. That's essentially what it is. You know, you see all these. Um, you know, I actually would go as far as to say they're grooming autistic people um, in a lot of these think tanks. You know, you see, you know, some of them that actually know what's going on, and some of these people are just the most awkward guys you've ever met in your life. And you know, they can argue you know, academic nomenclature all day, but they don't understand the difference between, you know, they, they use the term state capitalism all the time, but they'll never say communism when they're talking about China. It's like, you know, they're, they're playing these weird, you know, yeah. games where essentially you set, you, you're taking the next generation, you're controlling all the language they see and they hear, and you're like removing the concept of like, hey, this is a communist country, even though it's called the CCP. It, you know, what they're doing is state capitalism. And it's like, I remember, I forget if it was Brookings Institution or one of the, the nerd think tanks. And, you know, I heard one of them even say, you know, it's there's also a party element to this state capitalism. I'm like, do you, do you even understand what the hell you just said? Like, I'm sitting here, I'm 
I'm like, wait a second, hold up. They're like, they, <laughs> Chinese they're like, it's, what do you think we're talking about when we say state? It's, it's, you know, it's communism. It's fucking what it, I listened to one of his archived episodes. Man, I just feel bad for you. It looks like the sun is just fucking. Oh, it's, oh, it's all right, actually. Okay, I'm okay, just leaning a little bit forward. Okay, that's a, that's a personal, <laughs> like, I hate that shit for me. So when I see someone else with sun, I don't mean like I hate that. So I'm like, I feel bad for you. But if you don't care, I have yeah. more power to you. But yeah, I was listening to the one, uh, Tim Dillon archives and he was talking to like Ray Kump. I don't know when this episode's from, but. Right, you know, Tim Dillon's like, man, you know, and it's like, it's like, you know, I'm not like advocating for some like, you know, communist China and, and Ray Kump, he's got a list, and he's like, well, I mean, they're not really a communist. And he goes, Raymond, what does the CCP stand for? He's like, the Chinese Communist Party. And he's like, enough of that, Raymond. Thank you. No, <laughs> no, no. Kind of it's, it's the state capitalism party. It's the state with, capitalism organization. You know, with party characteristics, you know, ah. um, socialism with Chinese characteristics. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's 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 a weird thing where yeah you can controlling the language, but I can't help but think that there's always going to be like a wild card in the system, right? Like no one, you know, it's, it, there's some beautiful irony that like the creation of the internet was to uh, rip, keep up communication lines between nuclear bunkers for the elite after the world had been turned into a radioactive ha- ash heap. There's something beautiful that their final that was like the last piece in their puzzle. They put together the the nuclear triad. They've got the bunkers. Now we just got to set up the communication lines, and then we're good. And that communication lines rip roared into this monster that just disseminated information in their worst possible nightmare. I can't help but think there's going to be another something like that. I don't know what it could possibly so, be. So that, and that's why I say God bless James O'Keefe and Project Veritas because, you know, when there's wild cards out there and they can go to Veritas Tips at Proton Mail um, and, and talk to someone like James O'Keefe and they can blow that up, you know, that's the deterrence factor wild that card. we need. Yeah. If we can, yeah, if we have those wild cards that have the balls to stand up when they're in their position, and, and, and put pressure on the people that need to have pressure put on them. You know, it's that fear of, yes. hey, you know, the, 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 the enemy, they want to turn one in three into a government informant, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the old school communist method. Yeah. Our goal needs to turn, you know, two out of three into investigative journalists and whistleblowers. Yeah. You know, that's the, and, and once we start doing that, and you see James O'Keefe, I know when he was on like Tim Pool's show and whatnot, you hear him say this, you know, it's about creating, they want to create that atmosphere of fear in us where we're afraid of what you know what we're going to say and how that's going to be uh blowing back on us well we need to create that same thing where they're sitting there thinking hey if i ban this dude if i do this incredibly immoral thing is that dude is he talking to project veritas that's what i keep saying looking over and that's that's how we get out of this that is the you gotta you gotta be you know it's project veritas and the reason why they hate project veritas is because all it is is a video of the person it's not hey I heard that this was. It's He's a not video. putting opinions in, in a cute alpaca. Don't forget the cute yeah, alpaca. Yeah, 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 the retracto, <laughs> the alpaca. Yeah, right. It's alpaca retracto. But like, yeah, it's that's the thing that like my my liberal friends' heads they're always torn apart. Well, you know, James O'Keefe. He's known to. And I'm like, what did the vi-? I'm like, what did the video show at timestamp one minute fifty three seconds? Just what did it show? I'm like, I don't want anything yeah. else. What did it, it showed? This person saying that you know we want to put Trump supporters in reeducation camps, and I'm like, yeah, he's not giving his opinion. I'm like, there it is. There's there's the statement. I think Project Veritas could even be more lethal if they did zero graphics, zero editing, and they just released raw video. That's well, it's not a sexy, it's not a soundbite. I get well, it. And, and some of it's just you know scratchy, messed up. Stuff. I mean, you're you know you're wearing a you know you're wearing a hidden microphone. You yeah. know, just there's all kinds of just just 
crap that you don't need. But, you know, we saw them do that kind of when they were putting out the, the full CNN calls yeah. that they were yeah. in on. You know, they you know when that's an available option, they did do that. And by the way, when he called into the, the CNN meeting, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my... Yeah, that, that was that was true, brilliant James O'Keefe Basham right there. They need to get a fucking NSA informant. That's what they need. Uh, you know, God hope that they already have one or some of them yeah. because, you know, we we, but that, we need somebody that, yeah. you know, is starting to go after that the handlers rather than constantly, you know, if there's one thing that I, you know, and this is just a, you know, the 40K nerd and the Counter-Strike player in me, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, you're, you know, the, the guys you talk to, you hear the same thing from them all the time. I don't like being reactive. I like being proactive. Yeah. I like, I like setting, you know, one of my favorite Don DePlev episodes, he was just recently talking about tempo. You know, if they want to set an, un, you know, if they want to come at us with a uncomfortable set of terms, looking to make our lives uncomfortable, let's lean into that and let's accelerate the tempo to something that we your know terms, that they can't keep up with. Your terms are acceptable. Yeah, right. You know that exactly. Yeah, Your yeah. terms are acceptable. Let's see who's yeah. better at the game. Yeah, it's it's let's you know, let's turn it up a notch. It's like you really want to dance? You know, it's kinda like I think it was um oh fuck, what's his name? I had him on my podcast. It's um it's Sam um oh fuck, he's got the intelligence, he's a former intel fuck, I've had him on several times. Now sorry, now I'm just having like a stroke. I gotta find this out or it's gonna it's gonna destroy my well, brain that's good for me because if i haven't seen it already i'll definitely want to go back and watch that yeah it's um culper culper c-u-l-p-e-r okay. yeah i had him on with uh ted eye and dawn and dale and it was it was one of those is he and is he with forward observer is that yeah, his, uh... yeah, 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 yeah yeah okay yeah i've seen him yeah yeah i remember uh, him saying he was like he was like the left views violence as a dial and the right views it as a light switch and maybe yeah. that's what we need is to just fl- it fl- hey YouTube don't fucking ban me I'm not calling for violence I've, they, they've taken down episodes saying I'm calling for violence yeah. and I'm like no I'm not I'm just you <laughs> know it, to say it's going to happen is not the same as saying we need to go do it and, yeah. and that's the biggest you know the biggest issue here is that if, if our state security services if the, if the people that are supposed to be doing counterintelligence and supposed to be um, holding traitors to account don't do it and people lose respect for the legitimacy of our state security forces. Well, we're going to see, you know, if, if you studied Colombia, we're going to see lost Pepe's come to America real quick. And you're going to see pyres full of tires and everyone's going to be wishing that the lawyers grew a pair of balls and charged someone with treason. Yeah. Because, you know, I know nobody wants to say, oh, yeah, we're going to have to, you know, you know, the, the penalty for treason is death. And, you know, that's a terrible you tragedy. A but, but, but guess what? If you have two yeah. generations of kids that grow up seeing that no one gets held to account no one has to answer for the one of the highest crimes you can really commit yeah you know what are yeah. you gonna do and you know what are you gonna do we need two generations that are raised up seeing the penalty for treason yeah. so yeah. that they know not to do that i was talking to one of the guys i've had on from the special activities division and that's what he was saying he was like i mean yeah, you know, you say it in 2021, you're like, the penalty for treason is death, and people are like, aren't we a little more civilized than that? And hey, I, I, I do understand that argument. Like, aren't we above that? That yeah, goes but right into deterrence theory. It, it does, but at the same time, it's, it's like, man, like, when you have, like, when you... I can't touch this because I want to put this episode on YouTube, so I can't touch this. When you have debatable debacles perhaps occurring around November 3rd and nothing happens. And every court, every every yeah, yeah, check every check and balance just says, you know, pass the buck. We yeah. don't have to deal with this. Well, you know, guess what? Now you have over 70 million Americans who 
are totally fed up with the system totally. who have been watching all of these all of these gs15 plus pay grade guys just just get away with murder essentially and um guess what you know we're, we're seeing rising crime we're seeing rising suicide statistics we're seeing people just say fuck it the whole system is broke and man. you know two generations from now it's going to be gangland juarez because you know guess what you know, violence is the supreme authority that all other authority derives from. And if you have young punks growing up that don't learn to respect who the big chief is, well, they're going to be try to become the big chief and the tribal leader. And guess what? That means you're you're going and you're finding the family of whoever your near peer competitor is, and you're sticking them in a pile of tires. Yeah. And that's what it's going to come down to if our institutions, you know, don't stop worrying about protecting the institution and start worrying about protecting the constitution. Yeah. That's the biggest problem right now. Is that our entire uh, GS 15 plus, you know, uh, senior executive class, you know, their loyalty is the institutions, not the constitution. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, if you grow up talking back to your mom and your dad never puts you in place, all of a sudden you're away at college or something and you're going to start talking back to some bouncer and you're going to get laid the fuck out or worse, you're going to be talking back to someone later in life and you're going to get a knife between your ribs and you're going to bleed out on the street in Panama city. And it's because you never learned to shut the fuck up when, yeah, it, when it's due to shut up when it's due to shut up that doesn't mean be a pussy with no spine you, but so but that's the so what one of these special activity divisions guys said is they're like the only language anyone understands is violence and i was like yeah sure and he goes when you're over there and you're detaining some guys he goes if they talk back to you like we have a, a what our rule is is if they talk back you tell them no one speak and if anyone speaks you break their jaw and i was like jesus that dials up and he goes if they spit at you or push back I go, what? And he goes, you decapitate them. He goes, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's two. It's There's two switches. You speak, you get your jaw broken, and if you speak back or talk up after that, you get your head chopped off in front of your friends. And he goes, he goes, you know what? Oh, we lost David again. Fucking internet. Sorry about that, everybody. Oh, I don't think it's me. I think it's his internet. Um, normally takes like 10, tw 10, 20 seconds for him to come back. But yeah, that's what one of the guys that's been on this podcast from the Special Activities Division said. You speak, you get your jaw broken, you speak back or spit or anything, you, you get your head sawed off. Um, David should be coming back any second now. Any second now, David should be coming back. He's not coming back yet. And we're back. There, there we he go. is. There he is. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, they're saying, you know, that's the only thing that people understand. And it's a brutal truth. But I mean, it's like, dude, it's like what ended, you know, what led Hitler to suicide? And it wasn't like yeah. we should stop. It was it was Soviet reign, right? It was the mm -hmm. reign being artillery. What led Hirohito to giving up? It wasn't, okay, these Americans make a good point. No, it was the land of the rising sun having a second rising sun. The supreme authority, on the which, is, and the which is always violence. It's, um, I mean, it's a brutal thing. But I mean, look, and I, when we say that, that doesn't mean that that's like, what you and I want, like I don't. Yeah, no, but but if we're in a foreign country, like they're, the the mindset of that is incredibly important because if you're in somewhere where Islamo fascists are, are the you know the ruling party and they're expecting violence and you don't give them violence, well then they think you're a bitch and they're going to try to take advantage of you. Same thing if you go to South America and you and you don't you're not capable of going to eleven the way they are. Well then they're you know I'm going to take advantage of this gringo because he's soft, and you know that might be extreme when we're talking about you know what we're doing inside the continental United States, but you scale that down, it's the same thing. If, if you have, you know, three dozen people that are basically committing treason and nothing happens to any of them, 
you know, guess what? You're about to have 60 people committing treason because it turns out that's a very profitable business. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, if you don't have the supreme authority, you know, the same way gold is supposed to back currency or hard assets supposed to back uh, you know, a fiat currency, if you don't have, you know, um, the capability to enforce the order that you're giving with violence, well, then all you're doing by giving an order is challenging and it's putting talking. a little line in the sand and saying, hey, don't cross that line. Yeah. And if that person thinks you're a bitch, they're coming across that line. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? It's like when we went in to have the Japanese sign the, the treaty, we didn't go in there like, all right, it's over. We went in there with battleships pointing all of their guns at the city. It was understood mm-hmm. if you don't sign this today, we're going to we're going to demolish this place. We're going to light it on fire. It's and it's an unfortunate truth, but it's what reality. Look, it's an unfortunate truth that gravity exists. It's an unfortunate truth that the oxidative uh, the oxidative stress of breathing eventually will kill you after a hundred years. It's the tragedy of great power politics, which yeah. is why I really hope you get John Mearsheim wrong. I know he, he wrote the literal book on that. He hasn't emailed me back yet. I think he's playing hard to get. He's maybe he might he's, be, he's playing know. power politics on me. It's uh, <laughs> but I think I'll get him, man. I, enough people. If I don't get him, what I do is I wait a little bit, and then I just I keep building up the podcast, get more episodes, I get bigger yeah. guests. Because now there's this sort of like legitimacy I can have when it's like I use. I'm like now I'm like look who I've had on, like how many authors I've had on, and it's yeah. they start to go, oh okay. So there's this whole like power. There's this whole like. I'm learning there's this whole like game theory and tactic of the podcast itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, and one guy to study on that, you know, like, and he gets into a lot of the woo-woo, but he also gets into a lot of good stuff is uh, Greg Carlwood at oh, the yeah, higher THC. side. Yeah, Fuck yeah. yeah, THC. I, I love THC. I and when, love I first, when, when I first discovered it, I'm looking through his backlog and I'm seeing all these high profile names yeah. and I'm seeing all these people he's had on there. And I'm like, holy crap, how have I not found this guy before? And really, I haven't sat, had that same reaction since, you know, I found your uh, channel through Don DePlab. And I'm just oh, looking you, through all the people you've had. And I'm just like, dude, this guy's going to blow up. Yeah. Because like you've already, you know, you've got the library already there. I appreciate it, man. It's uh, that's I thank you for I, I enjoy hearing that. But yeah, Greg Carlwood, right? It's because we go through his. You're like, why the fuck why isn't there more of this how come you don't hear more of it and at a certain point i stopped complaining why don't more people hear of greg carlwood and i just enjoy it i just stop stop bitching about how come no one's ever heard of this burger joint just enjoy the burger you know and it's and they'll get their money that's kind of how i feel like kind of how i visualize this is like i know it's being suppressed i know i can't get out there but the way i look at it as is i think the internet is one big forest and i think every episode i do is one gallon of gasoline that i'm just dumping whether they let the spark hit it after episode two with two gallons or whether they're waiting for episode 380, to me, I'm like, it's just going to blow up that much more. Well, well, so that's why, I, you know, like I would almost encourage and this is more getting into, you know, if I were in your position, I'd be encouraging like you remember the dog whistle. Of, oh, this is the this is the. The, the forbidden hand gesture, right? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a former dive master. So this is very important to me for a lot of reasons other than that. But when you can create all of these dog whistles and you can get them to ban all the, the bigger mainstream legitimate stuff and it forces people to go to other platforms and then all of a sudden, you know, they come across, you're already pre-set up there and someone looks through your library. Like, you know, you, you've got the kindling and, and the gasoline poured yeah. everywhere and you just, all you got to do is just wait for them to accelerate that censorship and it plays right into your hand. That's how, you know, yeah, that's how I'm trying to go right now is, you know, I, I remember back in, um, 
you know, when all the boogaloo memes were, were coming out and, and whatnot, I was in a lot of the same, the uh, yeah, I was in a lot of the same Facebook groups. I, uh, Sam Culper was in some of these groups and, uh, Duncan Lemp was in one of these groups. I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the Duncan Lemp case. Don did a, a good podcast on this, but when we knew we were all getting banned on Facebook and whatnot, we were debating what platforms to go through. Um, and I suggested telegram at the time and everyone was like lol telegram is fake and gay and you know all that stuff we're not going to telegram and duncan lemp uh was like you know what i'll set up like a server and a form and everything and, and we'll use that and I, and I was like all right well I'll, I'll sign up to help you test that out and did sign up all that and next thing you know the, the next thing i heard about duncan lemp was a uh, montgomery county uh, pd out in maryland kicked in his door and shot him in his bed essentially and they didn't release the body cam don don has a a stream what covering where he went into all that yeah it was an incredibly fucked up case and you know unfortunately now everyone's on telegram though so i i i did win that <laughs> argument uh, not in the way i wanted to yeah, but yeah. you know everyone's there but back to the point i was trying to make out of this is like when i see censorship happening on the mainstream platforms i love it because i'm sitting here waiting on telegram i'm waiting for all the boomers to get driven into the the, the little circles that we're setting up so i can give them the real stuff that yeah. we can't talk about on yeah. youtube so yeah. every time they, they do the censorship campaign and everything well guess what you're playing into the austere religious scholars hands right there um <laughs> <laughs> but that's that is true though is that's how i kind of look at it i'm like man because I was uh, I'm, I'm friends with this fucking brilliant girl. And, uh, you know, so it's after I got banned from, from YouTube for a week. The first thing I did was I made like a 30-second video where I was just kind of like, fuck this. And then I stitched together the three. Ep- so they banned episode 289 saying it was hate speech. And then like a month or two later, they, they banned episode 291 saying it was hate speech. And then finally they banned episode 370 and said there's a strike against community guidelines for perpetuating misinformation, alleging that glitches and widespread fraud uh, changed the outcome of the 2020 election, which I was unaware is actually hate speech. I didn't know that I was actually raping them by saying that. So that was new to me as I learned. Literally, I mean, I I thought I was just talking about an election. You you might as well went in dry and put a Club K missile to the back of your head, you know? And that's that's what they said is they're like, you know, I was like, I thought I was just talking and they said no. And they showed me videos of me actually raping them to death. And I was like, I don't even remember doing that. So I was like, hey, you know, call a spade a spade. But, you know, that's what it is. But... So I was like, so I stitched all three of those videos together, made like one six hour episode, prefaced it with like a fuck all of you. And I was basically going to kind of go like Allahu Akbar. As soon as my suspension was up, I was just going to upload. One Allah, we're going against the great Satan. Yeah. And I was just, that's what I was, I was going to go in and they were going to ban me for two weeks. I knew as soon as I put it up, I'd get banned for two weeks. And then if I came back and did it a third time, they'd ban me. So I was just going in and pulling the pin. Right. But then I was talking to this girl and she was like, that's retarded. She's like that's she's like that's no different than just like virtue signaling to conservatives. She's like you're yeah. not getting anything done by doing that. She was like stay in their system, go behind enemy lines and then just put up episode 370, 371, 373 and go the most previous episodes on Rumble and BitChute, I'm not allowed to put it on YouTube because it's full of hateful and dangerous content. Well, what do people do? You go Huh. You know, it's like when you're a kid and your parents are like, don't play Grand Theft Auto or listen to Eminem. I'm like, I didn't know what either of those were, but those sound like a great time. So let's so, play San Andreas. That, that goes back to the, when, when you know, because I used to be a metalhead and a nerd and everything uh, into that. But, you know, you go back and you look at when all the, the heavy metal and the hair metal bands had to get, had, had to put, yeah, they had to put the parental advisory yeah. label on the, on all their albums. And people thought that there was going to be a fight over that. And they were like, nah, slap it on there. That's going to yeah. make the kids that love it. That was a sign that and, just said Club 
cool. <laughs> yeah. And so like the, the smartest thing you could do, like, you know, if you have like the, the episode with Claire that gets banned for talking about the forbidden subject, well, the smartest thing you could do is cut a little teaser out that doesn't violate any of the terms of service and be like, hey, guess what? I've got this former CIA person. We're going to be talking about all kinds of cool stuff that we can't talk about here, but you can it's join us over on danger. Rumble. And yeah, dangerous. we're going to the danger zone. Yeah. And, right. and guess what? Guess what? That right there, you've just created a bridge yeah. to get those That's people onto those alternative platforms that are going to want to see that kind of stuff anyway. And you've still got, you're maintaining your position on their platform. So yeah, that's what that's I'm, a smart way to do it. That's what I'm, that's what I've decided to do is not going to go down in a blaze of glory. What I'll do is I'll build my skyscraper in East Berlin and I'll just start building bridges to West Berlin and eventually they'll take it down. Eventually, like that is the end game. But then you have Casas Belli. They made the first move. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. So eventually, what I'm going to do is just try to filter as many people over as I can. I was also thinking about putting up putting up the the, the forbidden episodes on YouTube, not re-uploading because that will give me a quick ban. But in the future, let's say I have Claire on again and we talk about the forbidden subject, sub, sub, forbidden Jesus Christ in heaven, forbidden subject that can't be named. Right? It's it's the U.S. Tiananmen Square. What I'll mm-hmm. do. Is I was thinking about why not just upload those episodes when they go up, but I'll go into whenever we talk about that and I'll just bleep it out and I'll just put like a just have like a rumble and a bit shoot logo. Like if you were (laughs) No, what I'll do is I'll is I'll put YouTube's message and I'll be like, YouTube has decided that this is hateful content and I'll just use their words and I'll be like I'll be like, For your protection, we will not be airing this on you. It'll just be my voice. I'll be like, if you're hearing this message, it's because this section of the podcast has been bleeped out for your protection. If you're curious, you can go to BitChute and Rumble and then just to have the episode just cut back in and all of a sudden be like, Yeah, and then we'll just start talking about the next topic, but I'll just be beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the that's the genius way to do it. Yeah. And it next just, thing you know, you're you're once you do that, you are facilitating the bridge that gets everyone to the next uh, to the next platform. Or do I go even more covert and do I just not even address it? Do I just upload episodes and every once in a while you just notice, hey, you skipped one. Hey, I you know I, I see no reason not to to stick the tongue in the cheek as far as you can get it there. Yeah, and yeah, just, you twist their own words and policy against them whenever you can. Just yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll just maybe that's maybe I'll just upload the episode, but what it will be will just be like a censorship warning from YouTube. It'll just be a screen recording of that, and it'll be episode. It'll be like episode three seventy with Miss Claire Lopez, and then it'll just say like, you know, it'll just even have if it's a, a teaser, yeah. That's what I'm know. saying. Three seconds of the person. Please introduce yourself, and then just and then I'll just have it cut off. And it'll just be just have it. just just have all the alternative media logos pop yeah. up and then yeah. you know, links are in the description. Yeah, you know? I'm just like please do not. That's what I say. I'm like please don't check out this episode on Rumble, guys. I'm like do not do it. I'm like just don't fucking do it. It's 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 you watch it and within three seconds you'll be you'll be doing the sick how you know it's it's you, it, it's it's the best it's the best way to do it reverse psychology man it, you know don't yeah. go over there. Yeah, you don't you don't want to know about the dangerous stuff. You you know you don't want to know about it. <laughs> Is it addictive? It's not addictive. <laughs> it's you don't want to know about. It. Do you get a Listen, hang? Like, you know the first one on Rumble's free. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it, uh, it, don't go there. I've, my friend went there once, never came back. What's over there? I, I'm not gonna tell you. It's over there. Here's the link. Don't do it. Don't fucking do it, guys. Man, maybe that's what I should do. Make a Rumble account and get a free hoodie or something. I can't afford that, but like you know, do something like that. Or I don't know. Maybe just play the episode in the background, muted while I'm talking to someone else. I don't know. Uh, you know that's probably a bit too much effort probably unless you like unless you're like unless you're really trying to signal to someone you know and you're you're trying to 
you know get shady but yeah. you know i i i you know there, there's nothing wrong with like what you're saying and just cutting in between seconds. and having the message and or uh, at the very least just having a teaser I'll, going guess what this episode exists but you can't watch it here okay and, and that's that's all you need that might what i that might be what i need to do that might need I, i'm having a stroke apparently but like i think that's the move is to just do please introduce you know the first 10 seconds of just bullshit banter and then I'll just cut it. It'll almost be like Rogan, how he upload. They still upload Jerry clips. The thing but yeah, like, you'll hear Rogan's voice. You can find this in every other episode on Spotify. Like, and, and that's kind of genius of what he's doing. Though yeah. I wouldn't have gone with Spotify for that. But yeah, hey, it's man. um, I'll take it works. That, I'll take that hundred you know? million. I'll take that hundred yeah. million. Yeah, hey, you can. Week. You know, if you can show people this is what you have, and then giving them the means to go over there and the incentive to do it. You know, that that's. You're effectively dismantling the the hegemony so, of the uh, the cathedral without without actively doing anything, just being like, I'm not allowed to post this episode here. So go to Rumble and BitChute. Like that's just their words. I'm not telling you you can't go. Now, yeah. Uh, now eventually, the best thing you can be use is their words. Yeah. 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 Now ultimately, I will be axed. I don't know how it will happen, but eventually, I will be axed. Like that's just that's not if that's when. Yeah. I, I wonder if it will be because what I didn't know this is <clears> is so. As long as I didn't know this, so like if you get if you get a second strike, I'll be banned for two weeks. And then if I get a third strike within ninety days of the first strike, I'll be perma banned. What I didn't know is if you go ninety days without a second strike, your first strike gets removed. So, but even then, I find myself I'm like, oh, so if I just play by the rules, and I'm like, wait, what the? F- no, I'm not doing this. I'm like, why am I playing by the? I'm like, hey, if you just turn in one fellow Jew, you can get bread. And I'm like, well, that's a good. Right. I'm like, that's a good deal. And then it's like, wait, don't, don't, get don't off the you fucking- want the Soros deal? I'm like, just get off the fucking train. I'm like, why am I even getting on the train? I'm like, well, you know what? That is a big piece of bread. And it's like, just leave. It's going to Dachau. I don't want to go there. Like, you yeah, know. That- that, that's why you know you take that piece of bread, you you break it into breadcrumbs, and that breadcrumb trail leads to Rumble or Big Shoot or you yeah. know whatever, whatever your your primary alternative platform is going to be that you want to lead people to. Yeah, and, and that's really the solution to how we, you know, get around this problem is eventually you know all the interesting stuff is going to be over there, and you know. Who wants to watch James Charles men's makeup videos? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, who, you God, know who, who are those people? God, it's such a, you can tell it just so, you can tell everything in the, maybe what I'll do is do a teaser and then it will cut off and it will just be like a 10 second silent recording of Tiananmen Square. <laughs> you know, I actually, on, on my desktop, I, you know, I maintain a little notepad file that has all the Tiananmen Square copy paste just ready to go just in case, you know, the, Good. The, Good. you know, oh, if you, if you, if you have a computer, and you don't have that ready to go, you know. You're not doing it. Uh, right. You know, fo- follow China Uncensored. Follow China Unscripted. Follow guys like Spalding, and uh, make sure that you have the the information ammunition needed to nuke the Wu Maos from orbit. With you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're right. It's man, I would love to fucking get some like insider videos of like the Uyghur concentration camps. But whatever. Well, you know, Disney might have some. You know, the the extended uncut you know version of mulan that has them in the background you know (laughs) you know i I really you know my my big thing is like i want to get access to like you know apparently they have these vans where they can do the organ extraction Uh surgery on on the way to the airport and it's like i'm looking at all these like senior executive guys that get paid like six figures to you know to to write up failure policy and i'm like you know what we could do to get this country out of the red and back into the black what if we salvaged them for parts like you know, like if, if we can't if we can't get them to reform, like what you know, that, hey, scrap metal. 
You know, scrap them. You know, yeah, we're, yeah, just, <laughs> scrap them. Let's scrap them, Mr. Kerrigan. You're episode. Let's let's, <laughs> let's liquidate some human resources. Yeah. I'm sorry, human resource liability. Resource liabilities, Mr. Kerrigan. Your episode's been taken down for <laughs> for promoting the human trafficking. I was like, what? It was not. It was. That was. Listen, you know, listen. If they do that, I will. I will claim that. Listen, I am an advocate for the Chinese Communist Party and state capitalism. And you're racist against the Chinese if you think that their that measure the for that stability. Uh, yeah, you, you're incredibly racist if you want to interfere in the internal affairs of China, maintaining stability. Do like, you why think, would you want to do that? Do you think? Real talk. Do you think I should get a Chinese flag instead? And see if they'll, because everyone that pays attention to the show knows what I'm about, and they know who I'm for. You know, I, you know, <laughs> would they take it down? You know, if if you're having a China centric episode or something like that, or if you're if you're getting really spicy, you know, why not just throw it up there? You know, for an episode here or two. And- God, I wish I wish I was black. I wish I was a a black man transitioning to a black woman. In a wheelchair, in like a, if you had the wheelchair, wheelchair with too, a hijab like and, the, and, the, and the CCP. Fuck. Untouchable, like you know, like they would just like you, you. You'd go right beyond GS fifteen and right into the ESP grades. You'd be at the top of the foreign I'm policy establishment. Gre- I'm just sitting here with Greta Thunberg next to me, and it's just it's we have a whole display of like soy products, and it's just they wouldn't be able to touch me with a ten foot pole. Yeah, I mean that—that's the absurdity of, of the that's system the that they're trying to run on us, and so that's—that's that's why I say like the best thing you could do is use your enemy's momentum, their words, their policy, everything that they have. Going you just the accelerate. Punch. Yeah, you accelerate that tempo to eleven, and uh, you know you catch them in the hyperextension. You they know, let to, them overextend. They want to start. Talk, a, yeah, they want to start a fire. Well, let's start siphoning gas. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, part of it, you know. We're, we're actually, in a lot of ways, we're very similar to the situation between Japan and the U.S. right now because, you know, what, what caused them, I mean, they knew Pearl Harbor and taking us on was a long shot, but also we shut off their gas, you know, and, yeah. and put them, yeah, you know, we shut off that gas and we put them in a situation where they it's like either e- either we push this empire back and, and pull back or we go on the offensive. Well, we saw Gimki Fuji's advertisement at the uh, CPAC, which was far better than just about any of the speakers and stuff that they had there, minus like James O'Keefe and uh, uh, former president um but you know samurai alliance man that dude kind of knows what's going on now, of course they're not going to you know go backwards they're going to go forward and they're going to take the hit at us but you look at what they're doing to our energy grid they're trying to put us on green energy they're trying to you know uh, say hey nukes aren't safe hey you can't do this that that and the other thing meanwhile they're building a string of pearls with nuclear reactors fracking you know natural gas so you know we just have to accept that you know what we're doing here is we're dealing with people that they're operating yeah it's unrestricted warfare they're operating under post-truth politics and they believe that they are fully allowed to lie to the infidel it's all tykea for them yeah they do believe that you can lie about anything it doesn't matter but i do like to think that maybe somehow biden's red pilling liberals well, I, he's definitely doing that. I mean, yes. you're seeing so much buyers from what was that? Uh, Naomi Wolf or Naomi something like that? That um, yeah, yeah, yeah. liberal doctor, or whatever she's who went on Tucker, um, and, and you know you're seeing that right now. And I just love to you know to mock all the Bernie Bros, like you know, and just be like, hey, are you? Is this what you wanted? Like, is, is this really what you wanted? Because this is what you got now. No, um, you no. know what's going to be the red pill is um, is when left-leaning people start coming out and saying what the fuck why are we bombing syria how come we didn't get our student debt uh 
uh, fucking forgiven? How come we didn't? How come you know? How come we didn't get stimulus checks? And then when they get banned for hate speech, well, that, and that, to an extent, that's already happening. And you know, actually, so a lot. The problem with the communists is, is that so many of them are actually flipping over to like, hey, you know what? Let's keep bombing the Middle East because. You know, these Kurds might give us a communist utopia over there that we can run out of. You know, I mean, we laugh, but, you know, the hardest Antifa has to offer, that's how they think, is that, you know, like, well, you know, if you're going to go to a training camp and, 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 and you know, do that kind of stuff, well, you have the Kurds. They're kind of already commie sympathetic. And, you know, so they're, they're kind of coming. They're, they're coming around to this whole let's bomb the Middle East thing. Um Never thought that would happen. I mean, they're still incredibly. You'd think that that for how anti-Israel they are, they would get nuked, but you know, they, they don't. Man, um, it's 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 the most fucking insane. You know, I also like the red pill of uh, the whole dictator Trump narrative. You can't vote out of the dictator. worst dictator I've ever seen in my life. God, I wish he would have done some dictator. Thing. You, you can't vote out a dictator. And man, what a Nazi! Who the fuck puts Jeru- Who the fuck like recognizes Jerusalem or whatever the fuck he did? Move the embassy to Jerusalem. Yeah, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> and it's just yeah. It's it, it kind of at a certain point, it's like whatever whatever they ban, like you know, is fire. <laughs> Right? Yeah, it's whatever yeah, you, you, know, the, you know the the old term over the target. You know, when are you getting you the most black? You're over it. Yeah, you know, it's it's when an image is blurred on Instagram. You know, it's of a big titty hoe and like yoga pants, right? It's you know, yeah, it's, it's a good the, image. You know, it's and this should be basic bitch shit, but you know, they get you know, it's the Streisand effect. Yeah, you know, there, there's no other way around it, and they just you know, for them, it's you'd think they would be smart enough to go around that, and, and, and because if you it. keep if you keep it in, you know, the best way to deal with something, we all know where the term conspiracy theory originated from. The, you know, the best thing to do if you want to. To, to, to shut something down is not to it's not to shut it down. You should encourage it, and then you should add bullshit on top yeah. of that. Yeah, man, it's the reptilians. There's yeah. aliens, yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and you know, conspiracy. You know, you know, you throw around all that kind of stuff, and that's how you discredit something. Mm-hmm. You discredit it by putting in, you know, you go so overt it's covert. You make so much white noise that you can't figure out, mm-hmm. you know, what's actually going on there. And you know, they fortunately. Um, um, a lot of the 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 button pushers, I was going to say trigger pullers, but the the, the band hammer button pushers, uh, they're coming after us. They're so petty. They're so in this reactive rage mindset that they don't think about the Streisand effect. They don't think about how every time they ban someone, they're driving, you know, people who are, you know, they were normies yesterday, but they're about to come somewhere where a guy like me can try to radicalize them a little bit, try to, you know, push them around the path. You're putting them in a position now where they're seeking out a location where I can speak freely and say whatever I I want. I can talk about the senior executive service. I can talk about uh, the forbidden subjects. You know, I can talk about all that stuff on a place like Telegram, yeah, or, yeah. or others. And if they nuke Telegram, we'll all be somewhere else. Yeah, it's it's again, it's yeah, it's you th- the most what you would do if you were in there. If I was in their position, I wouldn't ban a single thing. I'd let all the document. I'd let you know, pandemic. I'd let uh, absolute proof. Mike Linda. I'd let them all up. I don't, yeah, put, I, don't I, put labels on them. Don't put. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd show up to their events either pissed drunk, actually drunk, or or pretending to be pissed drunk, and I would just be yelling to you most of the time. I totally back this guy, and it's all the alien. Like I would just be. I yeah. would be trying to make his followers look like a bunch of lunatics and you know that's what try to be doing if i was trying to discredit these people and you know they just 
Yeah. They don't know how to do that anymore. I would make (laughs) make the stories trend, be like the far right thinks that Biden is a Chinese communist agent instead of squashing everything. Yeah. Ridicule and mock. You know, know, don't don't cover it up. You know, you know, if 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 your wife's cheating on you and you know, you or whatever, if your husband's cheating on you, whatever the fuck, if your if your gender fluid foxkin's cheating on you, or you're cheating on your gender fluid foxkin. Man, the last thing you do is they go for your phone and you go, you can't look at my phone. And they go, can I see your laptop? And you go, you can't look at my laptop. And it's like, can I see your yeah, iPad? Like, You're like, no. And it's like, okay, well, you know, why not? What you would do is be like, knock yourself out. Yeah, that, that as soon as something like that happens, like my, you know, I, you know, I'm a Spidey Warhammer, fan. I'm a Warhammer 40k nerd at heart. You know, I like playing. You know, I grew up with things like dark heresy so for me that's just like you know congratulations you've just put me in lord inquisitor mode and now i'm like doubly curious about every not only everything that's being covered up but i want to know everything about your life i want to know the other shit now i'm interested in the other shit yeah Yeah. Uh, like now i just want to pull this thread until the pants come off yeah and you know what they'll be smart they'll be smart if they start covering up ufo conspiracies that would be a smart move by them because it would be, it would kind of be the same muddle the waters or muddy yeah, the waters, so right? Once again, get people chasing after mm-hmm. swamp gas and weather balloons and rather than banning, looking at. If they're banning reptilians and they're also banning pandemic, yeah. it's, and it's yeah. all just fucking. Look, look at the swamp gas and the weather balloons. Look at the puppets in D.C. Don't look at the, yeah. at the policymakers over here. But the thing is, yeah. is they, they don't think strategically because they truly are foaming at the mouth. Cover it up, cover it up. And no, it's like, you got to be cool. You got to be cool. Well, that's, so yeah, so there's a really um, cool. Like, he does a lot of like stage magic, pickpocket stuff. But his name is Apollo Robbins, if I remember correctly, and he's kind of like this ADHD dude. Um, and he kind of got into security consulting because I believe it was he went up and like stole some stuff from like President Carter. I think he was a former President Carter at this time, but he stole some stuff um, from President Carter and then basically gave it back. This dude could like steal the watch off your wrist. I've seen him pull the glass like he'll huh. like basically wave a a little um, piece of cloth and then steal the glasses off of some guy's face without me even realizing it and you know he spends a lot of time uh some of the you know when he's not actually performing and doing you know this live pickup um you know i almost said pickup but pickpocket uh show thing where he basically talks about you know how the human brain works how Mm -hmm. you can only put so much attention where and how you can you know manipulate that slide hand stuff and that dude's like i mean if you really want to see like the pinnacle uh, of, of just you know, that sleight of hand stuff and you understand that mentality and you understand that there are people out there that practice that all day long, nonstop. You know, when I was working in entertainment, uh, you know, where I'm from, Sarasota, it's a circus town, circus families from all over came in there. And once again, they have their own kind of like Islamic taqiyya, but it's all comes from gypsy culture. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the same kind of thing in theater. It's like there's the gobjo, there's the non-gypsies, they're the, you know, they're the people that pay to watch the performance. They are not one of us. And, and and so, you know, you lie to them and you manipulate them and you see how much you can get away with. And that's why it's like, you know, you, you look in entertainment, there's some of the most, you know, you don't think about it because they're not looking to dominate your life and destroy you most of the time. But there are some of the most petty people that think about power games nonstop. They will yeah. constantly try to jip you out of yeah. a $20 bill, not because they care about the $20 bill. They just want to see how much they can get away with. Like, can they, you know, are you someone that could be moved? And like the way Apollo Robbins will talk about it is like, he'll go up and he'll shake somebody's hand. And one of the first things he'll do is he'll try to take a step with them as he's shaking their hand just to see hey is this someone that will take a step with me will he move is he going to be rigid how can i feel this guy out and 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 it's just you know those high level head games and and when you think about the fact that the 
the, the true elites, the, you know, the, the guys that are really thinking about how to maneuver, how to handle assets, how to, you know, have the useful idiot do what we need him to do without fucking it up and without realizing that he that is the useful idiot. idiot. Yeah. You know, that's what, you know, that's the kind of way these guys are thinking. And so Apollo Robbins, if you've never heard of him or looked up his stuff, you know, really fascinating character um, of just, you know, ADHD gone wild, essentially thinking about, you know, shady stuff. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I mean, that's. I, mean, I don't. I think that I don't know whether or not. Do you think this episode will get banned from YouTube? Have we touched? Um, have we touched on the forbidden subjects too much? Um, I, I don't. The the one uh, regarding a recent election, I don't think so. I don't think that we being, went into that. That being said, I did mention like Azov groups. No, I no, no, no. All that they they only banned for okay. for uh, a specific day that happened late last year, a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, David froze up. Um, I don't think this episode will get banned. Um, it takes about thirty seconds for his internet to pop back in. I don't think this episode will get banned because we didn't touch on the forbidden topic that we're not allowed to talk about. But I'm also now I'm a little curious because now I kind of double take every time I upload something, which I know is their end result, their end game is to get you to to self censor and to question your motives and your actions and the things you say in the videos you upload. So I don't know whether or not this episode will get yanked. I don't think it will. Any second now, David should be popping back in. That was perfect timing. You back? I can't hear you. Can't hear you. He's, he's gone dark on us. We can't hear him. There we All go. Right, I don't know why I muted that. No, time. You're, you're good. Uh, I've gotten, I would say the, I've gotten good at, at saying when you're going to be back. I was like, I was like, he should be back any. It's second usually now whenever I check my phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, you popped back in about thirty seconds. And I, I, it's it's weird because I can hear like when. When you've lost me, I can hear you still okay. talking for a little while, okay. and um, and that's usually the hint that I know I'm about to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah. really, the only thing that I think that could get this episode banned, and I don't know if you want to cut that out, when we were talking about um, your former uh, SAD guy talking about breaking jaws, essentially, oh, like no, what, when we're talking about that. All right, well then, you know, if, they, if they're fine with, yeah. hey, if, they, if they're fine with that, then we're good. And if they, if they do ban it, I blame the CIA. I blame me. the CIA. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> they, they only ban for for um for the alleged conspiracies around the win of of, of our glorious leader, President Biden. Um, but it's you know you, you can tell I was like you know, and here I am second guessing which episodes I can upload. I mean, that's all their end goal is to make you self censor, which I refuse to do, but. So you know what? I, I I'll upload it. I don't think we've touched on it. I don't think. I mean, what 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 conspiracy is there? I mean, President Biden is our president. He's our glorious yeah, the, leader. Yeah, the forbidden subject. I don't even. He's you know, our glorious I don't, leader. I don't know what know, the, what you're talking about. Fuck yeah, Donald yeah. Trump. Our glorious yeah. leader is in charge. Exactly. And as as a realist that you know thinks that you know, essentially old boys networks and and whatnot are going to run the show no matter what. I, you know, personally, I don't care about elections at all because it's just, you know, as long as we have a senior executive service, it doesn't really matter who you vote no, for because they can't fire anyone there anyway. And that that was the that was the black pill that I didn't want to swallow but finally took down. And in well, a weird way, you can kind of if you in a weird way, if you take a little bit of a black pill, not a full one, if you take a little bit of a black pill, it actually works as a kind of like a vaccine and it yeah. almost turns into a white pill. It, it does because that's the, when, when you start, when, once you realize what the senior executive service is and we stop saying the deep state, you know, and we start, you know, we named a demon, you know, names have power. Yeah. Once we start naming this, we start off. talking about that. Yeah. Um, you know, once we start naming this and talking about it more, it really doesn't matter. That is the white pill is that, you know, that, 
the reason they've gotten away with it for so long is because no one's cared to look. No one knows. Yeah, right. The first thing is admitting you have a problem. You know, be like, yep. I am an alcoholic and I need to stop. First step. That's where America's at Everything right now. The entire before, country yeah. is basically an alcoholic right Everything now. before that is, I finally drink on weekends, dude. And it's like, no, nope, you're still, no. Nope. It's when you finally go, I have a fucking problem and I need to get my life together. You go, now we can work. Now we can mm-hmm. work. We still have a long way to go, but now you can work, right? It's it's up until, I just got to drop my friends over week and And it's like, dude, you're, you're 55 and you're face down in a Toys R Us parking lot. <laughs> like, yeah. you're not just having fun. This is a problem. You're like, okay, I'll see you. I'll see you next year. We'll try again. But yep. that's what we need to do. Maybe I just need to like dress up as a priest and do like exorcism of Emily Rose and just be like, name yourself. And then I'll have you dressed up as Emily Rose and you're just reading the plum book and I'll be throwing you know, holy water onto you. You know, either, either that or, you know, I was thinking that if, you know, the whole geopolitical analysis thing doesn't work out and the country goes to crap, I'll just, I'll change my name to Juan Diego and I'll become a Jesuit priest and I'll just, I'll go back to the original. And yeah, it'll, just you know. start over. <laughs> I'll just go right back to the beginning. What I'll do, yeah, and it's funny how you talked about like moving and like going and diving. Like for me, there's always just been this like, do I just take the podcast to Hawaii and just eat beans and rice and be like, fuck it. <laughs> You know, you know, the internet's a little bit shoddy out there yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's you know, a little bit worse than mine even here right now. But, um, yeah, you know, you could do it. There is. But, part of, again, part of me, it's like going into your boss's office with your blackmail. Part of me is just like, I just, it doesn't matter if it worked. I just couldn't die even being happy. I want to die knowing I fought the system. See, I would be very happy if I could be left alone in Southeast Asia. I'd just be doing underwater photography and, and doing, but like, breathing exercises but underwater. But it's no one can talk fighting. to me. But it's yeah, fun it or fighting. It is it's fun, fun to fight. Fighting. And, that's, and, and, and that's why it's like, for me, it's, um, you know, when I saw... You know, Trump get elected, and I started to see, hey, we, there's actually going to be some people stand up to this because I just figured America was just going to go along with it. Um, you know, well, guess what? I love an adversarial zero sum game, and I don't like to lose. So, yeah. you know, term your terms are accepted. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm coming back to the states, and yeah. I'm going to uh, make sure that my family has what it takes to come out on top of this. Yeah, how I'm kind of looking at it is, is like we had Trump, right? We were playing the game on on easy. And now we just flipped it up to veteran. And it's like, are you really going to throw your controller just because the video, just because the game went to veteran? Or it's like, you want to nut up and go, you know, best two yeah. out of three. So that's how I'm trying to view this is I'm like, okay, wild card. All right. They yeah. came in a little, little surprise last November. Okay. Yeah, this is a multi-generational conflict. Yeah, you know, you right got- now we're, we're Moses going into the desert saying, hey, we got to raise two generations worth yeah. of infantry to go and freaking knock these yeah. guys down. Do you really want to rage know, quit? We can do it. Yeah. Do you really yeah. want to rage quit or do you want to be like, all right, let's start fucking, let's set up a perimeter. And it's like, it's so much because the way I look at it is, is like when we die, like I, at least I believe it's like, I think I'll have all the time to go be the spirit. I'll be able to go as a spirit, live in the, the ethereal equivalent of Hawaii. Yeah. We, we got time to rest when we're dead. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, we don't have a whole lot of time here, so we might as well just, you know, playing the enjoy game. the adrenaline and let's I play th- the game. I think we're in the Super Bowl and it's like, dude, win or lose, <laughs> we, you can, you can go to Disney World with your family next week. That's the afterlife. You can go. You can yeah. go do your. You can go be a spirit for ten thousand years and fly amongst the galaxies. We're in the. While Super you're here, why wouldn't you be the man in the arena? We're in. Like, exactly, why wouldn't you be that you. guy? Yes, it's, we're in the Super Bowl. Like fuck yeah, give me that cortisol shot so I can't feel my torn ligament. Like let's go get a Lombardi <laughs> trophy. That's how yeah. I kind of view it. It's like we're in the game. I, I really do think that like Earth is like we're in the game. Like 
you have eternity to not play the game, but it's like you're here, fucking check. Pop your, an EpiPen and yeah, let's go. Yeah, like, let's check, <laughs> check your ammo, check your grenade count. You know, do you have any airdrops left? Like, grab a sentry. Okay, who's around you? Okay, I got an M60 with an ACOG. Like, okay, you'll be sniper. Let's go set up a perimeter. Like, we're here to play. That's what I think. Yeah. I truly think that we're here to play the game. Yeah, you might as well learn how to how to love the game and you know yeah. what what position in that game you want to play because yeah. we're here for it. Yeah, you know, there's no way of getting around it. You yeah. can you can you can be an emu or an ostrich and yeah. you can try to stick your head down and and uh, but you know if you do that, don't be surprised when you end up with a dick in your ass. Yeah, you know? exa- exactly. <laughs> it's exactly right. It's like it's like I'm going up to my uh, my friend's house in a couple of days and like I love going up there and we get some fucking cheap beer and pizza and we play shitty Xbox 360 games. And that's fun. And anyone else might go, that's pathetic. And I go, no, it's fun because I only do it like three times a year. Other than that, I'm grinding on the podcast every day. That's fun for a little bit. So this whole idea of like being peaceful, I don't want to be a part of this global game. No, I think the global game is what makes the peace fun, makes the peace enjoyable. Deterrence is the language of peace. If you don't have the ability to deter violence, well, guess what? Well, well, not even that. It's like I, I, I just... I think I'd blow my brains out if I like retired to like you know Hawaii. I think I'll enjoy it for like. Oh yeah, a little I, I would have drank myself to death. Exactly, no question about it. I would have just straight you, drank myself to death. You but you know, your own new enemies to fight. The, I, the only reason I was I was going down that route anyway is because I'm looking at Hillary Clinton and a New York Democrat, and I'm like, yeah. well, I don't want to play the well, game. Well. If I'm going to play the game, I might as well play it from Asia because yeah. at least I know the Filipinos like to fight. Yeah, you know, exactly. like it's something like that. You know. Yeah. So I don't know, and uh, we'll we'll wrap this up in a couple minutes because I'm fucking starving. But um, we'll definitely do another episode. We'll definitely do a million more episodes, dude. You're a, you're a, you have become a senior executive service member of my <laughs> podcast. You have become part of the unelected. Listen, I, I vow right now that if I am ever appointed to a position, I, I would like to position in the senior executive service of. The Senior Executive Service Abolishment Committee, I will work that position for $1 a year until I don't have to show up to work anymore. I promise that. Or, or we'll get in there and we'll be like, this is a pretty nifty gig they got going. And we'll be like... No, this is a big mansion. We we'll, can do a lot we'll, of we'll shit We'll be like, rooms, hey, there are right? a lot of rooms. And we'll be like... <laughs> we'll be like Fuck those pussies. We'll be like, I'll hail the deep state. <laughs> Fuck it. You know, I'll take the brand. Hail Moloch. Okay, cowboy time. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, hail, give me hail the, Let's snort some the night to, Yeah. Give me the night to Malta sword. Let's start running drugs. Well, let's King do cowboys. This let's go. Shit. Let's do a new war. I'm thinking of a new American century. How about this? Nuclear weapon Chicago. And they're all like, I knew he'd come around. And they pull up videos of the podcast they, and they're like, they, <laughs> yeah, they're showing us talking shit like, oh, he grows up they're so like, fast. They, oh, he exactly, really, right? It's like kids. They're like, they grow up so fast. And it's like, remember when you... Hey, thought, all they had to do was cut me in and I'd stop had, talking shit. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what it is, though. And that that's what I, that's what I imagined one time when I was on acid is I was meditating. And I was like, what if the real thing is, is you die and, you know, you get there. And in the afterlife, it's like Hitler, it's Mao, it's Hillary, it's Kissinger. And they all see him, and they're all like, hey! And you're like, what? And they're like, yeah, no, we had to make the world hell so that you would grow as a spirit. Because if it was peace, how would you ever grow? And you're like, and, like, that's the red pill. Is that, like, the worst of the worst? 
it's like they're actually like your big brother teaching you a lesson. Yeah, so, something I love about um, and this is why I'm always a 40k nerd at heart is you know the whole theme of it is just satirical grim darkness. You know the tagline of anything 40k it always opens up the same way. In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. And one of my favorite characters in that's called Saint Celestine, and she's basically like this immortal that just kind of keeps coming back. And every time she dies, she has to basically climb up a mountain of her own dead bodies from all the times she's been killed until. <laughs> she like you know and, and battles demons top. and stuff until she gets so badass again that she can just punch back into the materium and start tearing crap up again Fuck yeah and so yeah you know that that's the mindset i like to adopt is you know what it, you know that might, there's always there's always going to be a fight you might as well learn to love it yeah yeah it's it's yeah you can't stop the waves you might as well learn to surf right it's exactly it's, i kind of view the world like this in like almost like a spiritual way and it's you know, I was thinking like like Navy SEAL like buds or like Delta Selection, right? If you went through like buds or something, or okay, well for me, my experience, you know, going through uh, like fraternity pledge ship, you know, the entire you like this thing's so fucked. You're like, there's no way we can do anything right. We just get it wrong no matter what. We end up getting hazed and hit, and they throw beer on us. You know, when you finally get initiated and you realize that like they wouldn't have allowed you to be a pledge if they didn't like you and you realize that this whole illusion of them hating you was just an illusion in reality they're like no man we just had to make sure that you were worth it you know and you're like oh fuck when you get out you don't all of a sudden go you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna fix pledge ship so it's no longer this you go oh you go the beatings do continue and the morale does improve and you go oh so or in this case the green on blue continues until morale improves so, so it's like you know it's like if you got out of navy seal buds you wouldn't finish it and go now let's abolish it you'd go oh it's it's not supposed to be fixed it's what produces the gems part of me thinks when you know if you die you'd look at it and you go oh you go there's supposed to be eternal warfare earth is is buds you're like you're not supposed to fix it it's supposed to be fucked that's how you create diamonds you know, right back to Counter Strike. You know, uh, you know the, how you know who you want on your team. Well, you call them a faggot, and if they have a problem with that, you know, then they're, then they're a faggot. They're not. They're, they're not going to make it. You know, yeah, exactly. You, you call them a faggot, <laughs> and you punch them in the dick, and if the next day you're like, "Hey, bro, sorry," and they're like, "No worries, man." That's your boy, right? It's the yeah. pe- it's the people that you can't. My best friends are the ones that I have physically punched in the face, and they've punched me in the face, and we've yeah. gone on a year long no no speak treatment. That's those are my friends, right? It's exactly. That, how else are you going to know who you can trust? Man? Exactly. It's what I've done is before. I was like, I've started episodes before, and I've been like, well, just to make sure that this episode's a cool one, let's all stop being faggot retards. And I can see if the guest is like, mm, I'm like, all right, I'm never having this guy on again. But if they're just like, and it's like, right, it's like, no, fuck yeah, all right, you're. That's welcome. why I always say, lean in. Yeah, you know, when in doubt, lean into it and use their words, their policy, and momentum against them. Yeah. So it's like, hey man, you might get this episode banned. And I'm like, why? Because we're being faggots. <laughs> it's like. <you're, laughs> Really, just hey. jump on in. Hey, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, I, you're close enough to my generation. You know, I grew up being a shitlord on the internet, Fuck and yeah. I don't. I have no intention of changing. No, you know, no, it's, it's just really the policy true. guys that want me to change. And guess what? I'm a lot more stubborn than they are. Yeah, yeah. It's I. You know, yeah. I I, I grew up with yeah. You get fucked, faggot. I fucked your mom. Like that's you know, we've been trained since the beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> they like not let it happen. So it's man. But yeah, I'm fucking starving and I can smell good food. So let's wrap this one up. I'm, I'm with you, man. And uh, just let me know whenever you want to do a part two, talk about Fuck drugs yeah. or, you Fuck know, yeah. any that crazy stuff. I'm down. Fuck yeah, man. We'll definitely get into it again. Um, yeah, so let's wrap this bitch up. David O'Neill, thank you, my friend. And uh, it won't be up on YouTube until next week, but it'll be up on BitChute and Rumble later today. I'll send you the link.
I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, trying to pimp your podcast out whenever I can, and it was a pleasure, Tommy. Thanks, man. Please keep pimping it out, and uh, yeah, let's grow this bitch. And yeah, yeah, I'll just, I don't know why I'm acting like this is a goodbye. I'll just text you in a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're dude. overtaking Rogan. Yeah, that's yeah, the important yeah, part. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're running this bitch. All right, dog. Take it easy, man. Mm-hmm. Later, buddy.